Welcome to our class on Chiddush. We're going to be learning this week a very beautiful and powerful and meaningful Chassidic discourse. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called the Shafti V'Shalim. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse, Amritzoi Shabbos, Shabbos Parshish V'Yetzei, which that year was the same as this year, where Shabbos Parshish V'Yetzei was the ninth of Kislev, the, and uh, the next day on Sunday was the 10th of Kislev. The Rebbe said this Hasidic discourse in his room, and that year was Tafshin Lamitches, 44 years ago. The Rebbe went on to certify and edit this Hasidic discourse, and it was given out and printed in honor of Rosh Chodesh Kislev in the year Tafshin Memches, 34 years ago. What's also very special and unique about this Hasidic discourse is the Rebbe handed handed each handed one to each shliach personally. Every shliach walked by the Rebbe, and the Rebbe gave a copy of this Hasidic discourse. And obviously, it must be a very powerful lesson, as you'll see in 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 going through life as a shliach and going through life to inspiring all the people that come in contact with the shluchim. That is a powerful message in this Hasidic discourse. And obviously, from a simple perspective, again, this, the, my own thoughts, as you learn the Hasidic Discourse, you see that this deals with life. It deals with life. It gives you tools in life, how to deal with gullus, how to deal with exile, and how to ultimately um, return back home in peace. All right, but anyway, let's learn the Hasidic Discourse. So the Hasidic Discourse is based on the verse where it says in this week's Torah portion, V'shafti b'shaloyim el beisavi, where, where Yaakov Avinu uh, makes a, a prayer to Hashem and he asks Hashem that he should be able to return in peace to his father's home. Now the Rebbe says this Hasidic discourse called the Shafti B'Shalim is also the verse which is the beginning of the Hasidic discourse of Torah Earth and the Alter Rebbe and also of Torah Schayim from the Mittler Rebbe which as we know the Mittler Rebbe his, his uh, day of his celebration for going out of prison for teaching Hasidus wasn't the 10th day of Kislev and also the day of his passing which is on the 9th day of Kislev but the Rebbe says it's interesting is to point out that in Torah Schayim of the Mittler Rebbe the Hasidic discourse that he starts off the Shafti Yishalom and he adds first the verse by Yida Yaakov Neder where Yaakov makes an oath before he actually uses, he quotes the verse the Shafti and anyway, the Rebbe goes on to say, it's known the questions that are asked. What is the question? Why does it say, B'shafti b'shalim el beisavi? I'll return in peace to my father's home. Why in peace? B'shafti, I'll return el beisavi. Why, why specifically is he pointing out, why is the verse specific by saying what? Return in peace. And what's the question? Because especially if you give a look before that, what does it say? If Hashem is going to be with me, and He's going to give me bread to eat, and, uh, and clothing to wear. In other words, it's not only physical cl- uh, 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 bread, not only physical clothing, we're talking about spiritual clothing. What what food represents, which we know is Torah, garments represents mitzvahs. So if you have, and, and, and many other um, spiritual insights to what uh, 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 bread and, and, and clothing resembles. So if you have all, all that, so life is great. But nevertheless, it's not enough. It's not enough to the bread and the clothing, again, referring to Torah and mitzvahs, etc. But he wants to make sure he comes back in peace. And the question is, what's the idea of peace that he's talking about? And then, the Rebbe goes on to say, after it says, I'm going to return in peace to my father's house, and then he says, Bahoya havaya yutke vavke, the infinite of Hashem, will be for me, little kin. Well, what, what, so the question is, why is, he, why, is he, why is he saying that after he's coming back in peace, what does it mean, Havaya Lil Kim? In other words, what does it mean, Havaya? Havaya is referring to Yudke Vavke, the infinite part of Hashem. 
The Yud Kei Vav Kei, the infinite power of Hashem created the world, keeps on creating the world, and that's always there. So what's the, what is he saying? Habaya will be for Alakim. Habaya, Yud Kei Vav Kei does his job, Alakim does his job. And what is the connection only after Rashafti Vasholim? Obviously, there's, a, there's something deeper that, that Yaakov is saying, and the question is, what is he saying? Also, the Rebbe says, we have to understand, after is, what does it say? That the Eben Azois, this, this rock, that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to establish for a monument will be the base of again the house for God, and there's a rock is going to be the house of God. So the Rebbe asks a simple question: How is it possible that a stone, and we know in the world there's four different levels of energy, doimim, the lowest level, and a stone is in the lowest level. There's tameach, things that grow, chai, things that are alive, and medaber, things that speak. So how is it possible, Evan, which is a doimim, the lowest level of energy? And even as great as a stone is, obviously it's it's a we need we need we need diamonds, one component of the world, but it's still called an evim. It's called it's from the world of diamond. So how is it possible it's going to reach the highest level? The evim is going to be a house for Elakim. Now it's brought down in Kabbalah and Chassidus that when it says Bahaya Havaya will be for Elakim, what does that mean? That cause is going to be such a very very high Kabbalistic revelation. So in other words, when that high level of, of is going to be revealed, the Yudke Bavke is going to be revealed. So the the, the Yudke Bavke of today, which is higher than Elkim, that will go down to the level of Elkim, and there'll be a new level of Yudke Bavke. Now, so what does that mean? Rebbe explains that the Eben Azois, this stone, will be a house for Elikim, which is after the new level Yudke comes gets revealed. So the Yudke Bavke of today will be for the level of Elikim. So in other words, in this stone you're going to have Elikim, which is really Havaya of today. In other words, the, the stone is going to be a house for Elikim, which again is the, the, the Yudke Bavke of today, because Yudke Bavke is going to be obviously revealed on a much higher level. So based on this, they were talking about that in the stone is going to be revealed such a high level of Yuvke Vavke. So how then the question begs it much stronger, how is it possible an Evan, a stone, which is a doimim, inanimate, will be a house for Lakim, which is referring to even Yuvke Vavke of today, because it's going to be a higher Yuvke Vavke. So those are all the questions are asked. Trevor starts up by saying as follows, we know that Torah, when it comes to Torah, Torah is everlasting. In other words, anything that happens in the Torah, any story in the Torah, it's not just a story of the past. It's everlasting. It's past, present, and future. So therefore, this idea where Yaakov makes an oath, and all the details of the oath, obviously it's a lesson for every single one of us, in every place and every time. Not only that, not only does Torah apply to every one of us, but we know it says in reference to the Avais, the forefathers, my say Avais similabonim. Anything that happened to the patriarchs is a sign for the children. So in other words, the lesson from that Yaakov made an oath, just like all the stories of, of the patriarchs, applies to us even even stronger than any story in the Torah. Because besides the fact that Torah is Nitzchias, Torah is everlasting, and Torah is for a lesson, but you also have the component of Maisi of Simulabanim. So therefore, that the, the 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 strength and the lesson, it's not just regular power that's giving us, like in general all the Torah. But it has something unique, a very sp- powerful and unique energy. Why? Because it's coming from the Avais. And again, Maisei Avais, the actions of the Avais, it's not only just a sign, but it's actually an Asinus Koyach. It gives us strength and it gives us energy. Now, 
since Yaakov made the oath, when did he make the oath? After Vayetze, after he left. Vayetze Yaakov, Yaakov left Be'er Shava, and that's when he made the oath. In other words, and you see, the fact is, it seems literally, what was his request? V'shafti v'shalim. I should return in peace to my father's home. So V'shafti v'shalim, obviously referring to Vayetze. And it's Vayetze Yaakov, Yaakov leaves. So he makes the oath, which is connected to him leaving, and then also he's praying that I should return in peace. We're back to base Avi. So again, it's all connected to the idea of Vayetze. In other words, since Yaakov was Vayetze, he left Be'er Shava, he left his father's home, so therefore he's praying he should return there. And his return should be in peace. So the Rebbe says, this is a story about Yaakov Avinu. But the fact is that this is also a lesson for every single one of us. Every single one is a lesson from the fact that Yaakov made an oath and from his request that he should return in peace, that it's all connected to Vayetze, and that all applies to every one of us, our Vayetze. Every one of us go out. And like I mentioned before, they gave us to the Shluchim. Every Shliach went out to his uh, post where he, where he went to. And every single person goes out from their comfort zone of their, their family and you deal with the world. So it's all connected to this idea of Vayetze. So Rabbi explains as follows, and he says like this, and he explains it in introduction. And the introduction is based on what it says in the Zohar. The Zohar says as follows. The Zohar says on the verse, by Yetzi Yaakov Be'er Shava. So the Zohar says there's two, two ways you can look at Yaakov leaving Be'er Shava. What does that mean? There's, there's two different levels of leaving Be'er Shava. The first insight the Zohar says is that when Yaakov is leaving Be'er Shava, what is he leaving? What's, what does Be'er Shava represent? We know that Avram Avinu had a, a, a rift of Yimelech, and they had a fight, and the two of them made an oath. So one of the reasons why Be'er Sheva is called Be'er Sheva because Avram Avinu made an oath there. So the, the Zohar says the first Be'er Sheva means, what about Yetzi Yaakov? What is he leaving? What was he connected to? What was, what was the spiritual connection? Of Be'er, what, did, what did Be'er Sheva represent to him? It represented the oath, Be'er Sheva, the, 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 the oath of his father, uh, the grandfather Avram Avinu. So Be'er Shavah is referring to Avram Avinu. The second insight of Be'er Shavah is referring to, it's referring to the Be'er Shavah of Yitzchak. Why? Because Yitzchak men ahead and he dug wells, and when he dug his seventh well, he called it Be'er Shavah, from the idea of seven. Now the fact is, so there's always something like this. The first insight is referring to Avram Avinu. In terms of... <clears throat> because he had an oath, he made an oath. Shavah from, from the idea of an oath, a Shavuah. The second one is referring to Yitzchak for the seventh well. Now the truth is, literally speaking, when he left Be'er Shaba, where did Yaakov leave from? He left from his father's house, Yitzchak. And, and this was ready way after, way after from Avinu. So, but, and so the difference between, if you, if ya, ya, Yitz, Yaakov is leaving the, according to the Zohar, the first insight is leaving Avram Avinu's Be'er Shaba. Or if he's leaving Yitzchak's Be'er Shavah, what's in which one he's leaving? Because on a spiritual level, on a Kabbalistic level, it makes a big difference. Why? Because the, the Rebbe explains that Be'er Shava, if you're referring to the Be'er Shava of what? Of, of, of Avram Avinu. So what was he leaving? He's relieving the idea of Bina. In the sphere of the Shachma Bina Das, three intellectual and seven emotional. So Be'er Shava is referring to Bina. And we know Bina is also Yesoit Eima. Av is represented by Chachma, and, and Bina is connected to, 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 to Ima, which is mother, so he left, he left Bina. 
What, what, why do he, what, what is the, why is Be'er Shav a reference to Bino? Because we know Avram Avinu is Chachma. Now, in the beginning he was called Av, the father, which is re- relation to Chachma, Avram. In other words, the, the Av, the Chachma was Ram. Now his intellect was very, very high. It was, and it, in terms of Kabbalah, it's called Seichel Hanelim Yikol Rayim, which is basically a very, very high level of intellect. Afterwards, he was called Av Roham, Hashem added the Hay. What does that mean? He became not, he became Av Hamoin Goyim, the father of the multitude of nations. In other words, that his powerful intellect, it was Avram, this powerful Seichel Nelami Korayim, this power heavy intellect, was able to be drawn down to that even the nations of the world were able to comprehend it. So Avram represents what? Chachma. Before his name was changed, it was a very, very high level of Chachma. Once the name was changed, the hay was changed, the Chachma became down more relatable to people. But Avram represents Chachma. Be'er Sheva of Avram, in other words, where the Chachma gets, goes into, into the vessel, into Be'er, which is the vessel, represents the vessel, which is referring to Sarah was the, was, was the vessel of Avram Vino. What is that? That's Bino. If Chachma is the Mashbia, then Bina is the Makabel. So why is it called Be'er Sheva? So Be'er is referring to Bina. So why is it called Seven? Because Bina is the source for the seven Midas that come afterwards. So in other words, based on this, what does it mean that Yaakov left Be'er Sheva and he went out to Charon? That he was drawing down from Bina into Malchus. And now just to recap, before we go for, for, forward, Rebbe is saying it's like this. Avram represents, Avram represents Chachma, a very high level of Chachma. Avram already a lower level of Chachma, and both, both Chachma. The Be'er, the well, is referring to Bina. And the connection from Bina is because Bina is a receiver from, from Chachma. And Sheva, because from Bina comes the seven emotions. So according to the first insight, Yaakov was leaving Be'er Sheva, which means he was taking Bina, Be'er, and he was bringing it in to Malchus into the world. That's if we saying that what according to the first insight of the Zohar that Be'er Shav is referring to Avram Avinu. According to the second insight, <clears throat> that Be'er Shava is connected more to what the idea of Yitzchak. Now we know Yitzchak represents the Be'er Shav Yitzchak represents Malchus. Why is it Malchus? Because just like Avram Avinu was Chachma, Yitzchak was Bina. Now what is the receiver of Bina? The receiver of Bina is Malchus. So Yitzchak is Bina. So the Yitzchak is Bina, the Be'er of Yitzchak is what is Malchus. And so in that case, why is it called Be'er Sheva? Because the fact is that Malchus receives from the Sheva Midois. By Avram Avinu, Be'er Sheva means that the, from Bina went into the Sheva Midois. By Yitzchak, it's Malchus that receives from the Sheva Midois. As we know, Malchus is called, it's Knesset Yitzchak, receives. And all the emotions are, 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 are in, in Malchus. Now, so based on this, that, that the coin to the second inside of the Zoyer, that's referring to Yitzchak, and then Be'er is referring to what the idea of Malchus. So based on this, what does it mean by Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Be'er Shava, and he was going to Charon? It's referring to going from Malchus and going down into the lower worlds of Bria, Yitzir, Asiya. And from there, it spreads out in Bria, Yitzir, Asiya. And that, and also on a literal level, because Yaakov did leave Be'er Shava, he did leave to go to where? To, to elevate the sparks in the house of Lavan. And like, like, like we, like we learn in, in, in this, in this week's Torah portion. And afterwards he went in the next Torah portion, he had to elevate the sparks of, 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 of Esau and, and, and elevating the sparks. Where does that take place? That takes place in the worlds of Bria, Yitzhi, Rasiya. 
Again, so just to recap, obviously you have when Yaakov is leaving Be'eshava, so it's either leaving um, Bina and bringing it into Malchus, which is represented by Avram Avinu, which is Bina, the Be'er of Avram Avinu, or he was leaving Malchus, which represents the Be'er of Yitzchak, and he's bringing it into the world of Bria Siyasiyah to go ahead and to transform and elevate the world. Now, so based on this, Rebbe explains, that's why the name of the Torah portion which represents the, the message of the Torah portion, and the idea of the Torah portion is, what's it called by Yetzeh? He's going out. In other words, because all the transformation that Yaakov transformed in the house of Levin, which is talks about in this week's Torah portion, and also what he's going to transform, which we're going to speak about later, next week's Torah portion, Marshal Yitzchak by Esau, which comes after he had to first transform these sparks of Levin, there's an order in the transformation of the sparks. Where did it all start? It all started when he left Be'er Shavah. By Yetzeh. He had to leave Be'er Shavah. He had to leave, whether it's Bina, if we say it's referring to Avraham Avinu, or Yitzchak, it's relieving Malchus. And when he left and he went into the world, that's when it started the transformation. Now, when he left, when he, when he left Be'er Shavah to go into to Charon, the goal was to transform the sparks of Charon. And the, but the goal is that he sh- when he goes out to transform the sparks, he shouldn't get God forbid lost and 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 uh, and, and and hurt by it. But the goal was he should have mitase shleima. His bed should be, be complete. All the shvatim should go in the way of Hashem. Not like Avram Avinu. We know Avram Avinu had two children. He had Yitzchak, but he also had Yishmal. Or Yitzchak, for example, had Yaakov. He also had Esav. In other words, the goal was that Yaakov should be successful in his mission. How would he be successful in his mission by going out into the world? The fact that Yitzchak had Yishmael, Abraham had Yishmael, and Yitzchak had, had Esau, and Yaakov is going out to transform the world. How would he be successful in the mission? What, how is he going to do things different, differently? So explains very simple. Because we know Yaakov is called Yaakov because the Torah tells us, Yodoy Yechezes Ba'akev Esau. In other words, his hand, Yodoy, the hand of Yaakov, is holding onto the heel of Esau. And that's why he was called Yaakov. Yodoy in, in, in the ache of, 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 of Esau. In other words, whoever explains that in Yaakov, there's two parts to the word. This, well, the first part is the Yud, which represents the same Yud, the spell that you spell out Yud. Yud Vavdal is the same letters as Yodoy. Yodoy, the hand, which is referring to the Yud, and the ache of, which is the heel of Esau. And the Torah brings in Torah from the Alter Rebbe, in the beginning of this partial, he says that Yaakov, what does Yaakov represent? And this is what gave him the strength to go through Golos. Yaakov represents Yud, the letter Yud, which is the same as Yodoy, and Akev. In other words, what does that mean, Yud? What is, it's not just the letter Yud, because Yud represents Chachma Ilah, a very high level of Chachma, which is connected to, we know in the, in the, in the name of Hashem, there's Yud, Hey, Bab, Hey. So the Yud, the, the first Yud is re, re, connected to Chachma, and the goal is to bring the Yud, the Yud of Chachma, the Yud of the first letter of God's name, Yud Kevavke, into Akvayim, into the heel. And by drawing down the Yud, Chachma, the first letter of Hashem's name, into the heel, um, it, it, so, so Yaakov um, was, was able to make sure that, what was the first letter of Yaakov? It's not Ekev Yud. The first letter is the Yud. In other words, what 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 what's what takes Yaakov's heel? What allows Yaakov to be successful and go forward? Because the thing that's driving him, the thing that's driving Yaakov Avinu, what's his what's his first first mode of apparatus is the yud. He's always connected to the yud, Chachman, the yud of the first letter of Hashem's name. Now, 
when you go out and you're connected to the Yud, you're connected to the first letter of Hashem's name, you're connected to Chachma Allah, the highest level of Chachma, then you can go out, then Yaakov can go out, and also you can go out to Charon, the idea is to bring the Yud into the Akev, into the heels of the world, up until this physical world, and this physical world is no place where, where God is so concealed like this world, and the goal is, to make this physical world a dwelling place for Hashem. How can you do that? Because since the Yud of Yaakov is the Yud of Yud Kevavke, and Yud Kevavke, the Hashem's name means Hoya Hoya past, present, it's all one. And as everything is equal when it comes to Yud Kevavke, so just like when the Yud is all over, so when you're going with the Yud, and into the into the acre of the world, so then the, what's strong is the Yud is strong, and you're able to be successful in your mission. Now, not only that, the Rebbe says, since <coughs> what is Yud because Yud comes from the Yud Kevavke, and what is Yud Kevavke of Hashem's name is comes from of, of the idea of creation, and what is the Yud represents that it's consistent, steady creation. So therefore, since the one the Yud is not only part of creation, but it's a steady creation, so it actually rules. And it overpowers over the world, even on t- even into the heel part. And those, that's what its life force is. And those, what is the existence of the world? The whole world exists from Yud Kevavke, and that gives it its life force. So without the Yud, you can't even exist. And that's why it says by Yitzay Yaakov, Miber Shava Yaakov represents again Yud, the Chachmei Law, the Yud from Hashem's name. He left Be'er Shava, but he went into Charon. What does that mean? That Yaakov's avoid, Yaakov's work is to draw in the Yud of Yud Kevavke into Charon, into the physical world, into the world which is, so to speak, where God is concealed. And like it says before, like we learned before, that according to the second insight, referring to going out into the world, going out into the world of Bria, Yitzira, Asiya. And not only in Bria, Yitzira, Asiya, but even in Asiya, in the, in the part of Charon, Avshalaylam, where God's wrath is there. You know, referring to this physical low world where God is totally concealed. Um, so, and the goal is to make a dwelling place for Hashem down here in this world. Now, so Yaakov Avinu, again, to recap is, is Yud Akev, the Yud, the high level Yud of Chachmei the first level of Hashem's name, and bringing it into Akev, into the lowest parts of this world. So he's coming down to this world. Who needs it? So Deborah explains very simple. It's a Yerida. Why is he going down? Why does he have to engage with, with this f- f- physical dark world if he's connected to Yud, the infinite part of Hashem? Why is by Yetziyak? Why does he have to go to Be'er Shava? Why does he have to go down to Charon? And the answer is because it's Tzoyi Rechaliyah. The purpose is for an elevation. It's not God for to go down, to stay down. The goal is you go down, but the purpose is to create a, 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 an elevation that comes afterwards. Now, Deborah says, besides the elevation that takes place, after you do the work in Charon, so you have to go to Charon, that's a downgrade, but then there's an elevation afterwards. In other words, after you go ahead and you elevate the sparks of Laban and Esau, you reach a higher, le- a higher level. That's a simple meaning. We read the the Leah that comes afterwards. And it's Bashafti Bashalom and Esau, I'm going to come back in peace on a higher level. Like it's going to explain later that Bashafti Bashalom is already a higher level. But Jeremy says, no, a step further. And it's a huge, powerful idea. Even before even before you go down, in other words, you have to, you're going, you're going down to Charon. So the simple insight is you have, you go have your Arida, and then the goal is for the Ali afterwards. But the fact is, in order to have the Arida, in order to go into the world, in order to engage in darkness, in order to engage in challenges, 
<clears throat> in order to bring the Yud into Charon and to elevate the Holy Sparks, what happens then is there's actually an Aliyah that comes first. You actually get a special gift and special tools and special energies that you did not have before. So in other words, when you're ready to go out on shluchas, whether it's a shliach, whether it's any person going to do anything good for Hashem, you're ready to deal with the challenge in life, before you engage in the challenge, Rebbe says, you are given special gifts and special powers. So that it's not, it's not you read that tzorech aliyah for the afterwards. You read the, you have, before the Yerida, you're getting an aliyah. The aliyah comes first. And like Rebbe says, it's known in reference to Abraham Avinu, that we know he was the greatest. He was the the first of the patriarchs. So in order for him to be Av HaMoyim Goyim, the, the father of the multitude of nations, to elevate the sparks, and like we learned in the previous discourse, not only elevate the sparks, but elevate the converts, all the converts that he converted. So what happens is he needed more power, more strength. So Hashem gave him the hay. What does the hay represents? It creates more energy. So the Yerida, before Avram was able to engage and do his spiritual work, Hashem gave him what he needed. He gave him the tools, he gave him the power, which is represented by the hay that he gave him. And the Rebbe says, th- 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 this is also what it says in Torah Earth from the Alter Rebbe and Torah Chaim from the Mithra Rebbe. That right in the beginning, when it says, So he, he brings a verse from, from Psalms that says as follows. The verse in Psalms says, That he instructed Yeshua, salvation for Yaakov. What does that mean? Practically, on a spiritual level, so the Rebbe explains. He brings from the from the Alter Rebbe and from the Middle Rebbe, which means that Tzavi Yeshua's Yaakov that Hashem gave in order for Yaakov to be successful in his mission, three hundred and seventy-five powerful lights of Arich. Because we know in this ten sefirot, the highest sefirot is Kesser. Atik, the higher level, this it's all one, but Arich is where it connects to the to, to all the sefirot. So Hashem gave. Um, Yaakov 375 lights of Arich which is in At- which is in Kesser why? because just like when it comes to salvation literally so you need to have help you need resources, you need special energy so, not normally because normal daily life you just need normal energy but when you're going to, to battle and you're going to transform things you need more energy and this power that's given is specifically because a person needs help. And as a person's going through a struggle, a person's less, going through a, a, a tough time, so you need a salvation. So the same thing also in, on a, on a, on a, on a um, the, the spiritual inside of Yeshua's is, well, what is it referring to Yeshua's? What's the Yeshua? The salvation comes from the 375 lights of Arach that were drawn down to Yaakov. And why did he get it? Because he was going down from Mershav, of course he was leaving Mershav and going to Charest if he received an extra blessing. In other words, in order for him to be a successful in his mission, to bring the Yud, represents Chachma Yilah, represents the first letter of Hashem's name, into Charoin, it had to be Tzaba Yeshua's Yaakov, that Hashem had to give him 375 powers of light, of Arich, which is above Ishtalshlis, above the regular flow of, of, of the of signing with the spheres of Shas and Chachma. And he, not only that, he even got higher than the Yud of Yud Kei and even higher than the Yud of Yaakov. So what is saying is not only Yaakov has the Yud, but his gift wasn't the Yud, it was higher than it. It was a 375 lights, which is higher than that Yud. And Rebbe says, take it a step further, and he says like this. What does the verse say in, in Psalms? That it says, Tzavei Yeshua Yaakov. In other words, 
the, what we're talking about is the Yeshua, the 375 lights. But what does it say before that? Savai. Savai means to command. What does that mean? That th- when, when Hashem drew in these 375 lights, the Yaakov was in a way of Savai, which means it's Safs of Chibur. He was connected to it. And he was, he was, he related to it. It became personalized within him. In other words, even though we're dealing with 375 lights of, of Arich, which is in Kesser, which is above Yaakov. Yaakov, Yaakov the, the letter Yud represents Chachma, it's above him. And it's higher than that Yud that's in, in him. But nevertheless, he was able to connect to it and he was able to become one with it. And he was able to have it in a way that's with primis. He was able to internalize it. And when this this powerful light was drawn into Yaakov, and, and why did he get it? So he should be able to go down to Haran. And when he received that, now he, he was, I'll use the word in Hebrew, he's batuach. He was sure. Before he even went to Haran, he's really sure that his, that his prayer is going to be fulfilled. And that Hashem is going to give him bread to eat and clothing to wear and not only that he knew that Hashem was going to create an experience of a shafti b'shalom he's going to turn in peace to his father's house and not only that even a step further like we'll learn all the details later in the chassidic discourse that Hashem is going to be for Alakim. and not only that that this stone that he's going to establish is going to be for a house of Hashem why? because he knew because Hashem gave him what he needed he, and Hashem loaded him up so to speak with powerful spiritual energy that about to be successful in his mission now this prayer that Yaakov prayed, and he prayed it in a way of an oath. What did he say? If God is going to be with me, then this stone is going to be a house for Hashem. When did that happen? It happened after we know Yaakov took all the stones that were there, and he put it by, by his head. Why, why in that order? It never explains very powerfully. He says like this. Yaakov took me Avne from the stones of Hamokah in the place. That's what it says in the Chumash. What does Mokah mean? So Mokah literally means space. That's, the, that's the, the boundaries of the world. World is made up of space. And like the Rebbe quotes in the Tanya, the author writes that the, 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 the dimensions, the definitions, the dynamics of world is space and obviously time as well. Now, so on one hand, Mokah represents space world. On the other hand, we know that Mokayim represents what? Baruch HaMokayim, we say it in the Seder. Referring to what? Mokayim is referring to Hashem. It's one of the names of Hashem. Mokayim is one of the names of Hashem. Why is it why is the, one of the names of Hashem? Because Hashem is the, the world. The world is Hashem. Now, but the fact that, that Mokayim is one of the names of Hashem because the world is Hashem or Hashem is the world, do we see that, or is that concealed? We don't see it. So the fact that Hashem is the world, that's the truth, but it's concealed. What do we see in the world? We see space. We don't see necessarily godliness concealed. Why is what well, revealed? Why is that? So ever says something very powerful from the Zohar, and he says like this. You take the name Yudke Vavke, the most powerful name of Hashem, and you take every one of the letters of Yud Kevavke, Yud, you square it up. Yud, Yud numerically is 10, so you square it up, it's 100. Hey is 5, you square it up, it's 25. Vav, you square it up, so it's, so it's uh, 36. And Hey, you, so the square is 25. So you have 186. So Yud Kevavke, when you square each letter up, it's 186. 
the word for the world for Mokaim for, for the world space Mokaim. So Mem is forty, eight Kuf is a hundred, Vav is six, and Mem is forty. So you have one hundred eighty six. So Yud K Vav K, each letter squared out is one hundred eighty six, and Mokaim is also one hundred eighty six. So you see that Mokaim is connected to Yud K Vav K. Now, so the fact is that Yud K Vav K is connected, but how how is it connected? It's connected in the way of a gematria. A numerical value, which is you're counting the letters and the way it's squared up. When any time you take something and you have to use gematria and you square it up based on numbers, that means that the light in Mokkaim is less and even less. Because it's not like it's the numerical value of UK Bavke. It's each one squared up. So at, so the the light, the energy that's coming into Mokkaim is connect everything comes to UK Bavke, but it's but it's but it's a much more of a diminished type of energy. Now so again, so even though Mokim is the place of Hashem, but Hashem is concealed there. Now, Mokim again is, is God is concealed. Avneha Mokim, the stones of the place, which is, the stones represents Daimim, as we said before, Mokim is Daimim. It's the lowest possible place in the world, we mean the lowest possible place of godly energy. Now, so, so Avneha Mokim represents, where God is concealed, the lowest place in the world, Daimim. Not only that, Avne, they are plural. What does plural represent? That's the opposite of unity. God is all about unity. So here you have Mokim, where God is concealed, Evan, which is Doimim, which is the lowest part of Hashem, and plural, which is again all opposite of unity. So uh, Yaakov confronts space, which God has concealed, multiple stones, which is the opposite of unity, Doimim, which is the opposite of unity, and he takes all these stones and he puts it by his head. What does that mean? Yaakov took from the stones of the place, the plural stones, doimim, and he made it into one stone. Another doesn't say by yasimim, when he that he put it plural. It says by yasim, singular. It means he took all the stones and turned it into one stone. And not only did he turn it into one stone, but he actually put it by his head. What does that mean? That he was able to elevate the stones until it reached the level of his head. And not only that, there was a step further. That he put it to the, on the top of his head. In other words, what does Yaakov's head represents? The Yud. And he put it higher than the Yud of Yaakov. Higher than the head. And on this one he prayed that this stone should be based on the Kim, a house for God. Knows this stone, this one stone, he took from all the stones he made into one stone. And it, was, it shouldn't it should not only be on Baba's head of the Yud of Yaakov, but it should even be even higher to be a base alakim. What do you mean base alakim? How can you even go higher? It should be a house for the essence of Hashem. So in other words, what do you see from here? Yaakov went out to Haran. What is he doing? He's taking doimim. He's taking concealment. He's taking multiplicity and turning it into oneness and bringing it, elevating it even to higher than himself and bringing in the essence of Hashem. Now, Shreva says as follows. We see over here that in reference to Yaakov, there was three things that took place. The first thing is Yaakov leaves Be'er Shavah and he's going out to Charon. That's point number one. Number two is his spiritual work after he leaves Be'er Shavah. What we just learned, he took from the stones of the place and he's elevating it. And then the third thing is through his prayer, 
by taking the stones of the place, so this stone that he made, he wants to make it a base alokim. The essence of Hashem should be revealed. So those are three components that Yaakov Avinu did. So it's a story of past tense of Yaakov. Jefferson said, no, 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 every single one of us have that. Why? As Jefferson said before, the stories are a patriarch's assigned for the children. And especially when it comes to Yaakov Avinu. Why especially Yaakov? Because we know it says in the Talmud that the image of Yaakov it has the same image of Adam Arishai. So he's connected to Adam Arishai, and Adam Arishai was, was creating the image of God. And in Yaakov, you have all the souls of all the Jewish people. Just like Adam Arishai had all the souls that were within him. So in other words, this, this spiritual work that Yaakov did, that he took from the stones of the place, gives us power and energy, even more so that we can also take from the stones, whatever stones we're dealing with, and making it for a house for Hashem. In other words, never explains as follows. This that Yaakov left Be'er Shava, and he went out to Haran, so that's Yaakov leaving Be'er Shava going to Haran. What does it do with me? And the is very simple. It's, it's our story. What's our story? Yaakov's leaving Be'er Shava, and he's going to Haran. Our story is, when, the, when we're born, the Neshama was on high, and the Neshama comes down into a body. On high, it was like living in Be'er Shava. And coming down, it's like going out to Charon. The, the soul comes into the body. It, you know, so it left a very, very high place like Be'er Shava. And it comes down to the abyss, Charon. Now, what we learned before, in order for Yaakov to go out to Be'er, from Be'er Shava to Charon, Hashem gave him, infused him with powerful energy. Remember the 375 lights. So he had tremendous gift. So he built be to be successful... Saba Yeshua Yaakov, the 375 lights. So the same thing the Rebbe says also. When we go out to Haran, every one of us, when we go out to Haran, before we go, the Neshama comes down into this world. You knows our Haran. Hashem gives us power and energy that we can be successful in transforming um, whatever we have to transform in this world. Transforming our body, transforming our animal soul, and transforming the world that we live in. Our body, our animal soul, and the world that we live in. Like Jeremiah says, we know what the, the, where it says um, in the Talmud that before we're born, it says, We're given an oath that we should be a tzaddik and we should not be a rasha. In other words, as we know, the, the, like the author explains in Tanya, that it's, it's to give us the, the energy that we need to be successful. And that's what it says, that Yaakov left Be'er Shava and also uses the term Sheva, seven. In other words, why does it say Be'er Shava? It's because that's connected to the fact that they give us an oath that we should be a tzaddik. I mean, those three insights into, 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 into the term Sheva. One is an oath. One is the satiation, soiva, And then seven. Which basically means that we're given the strength and the ability to be successful in our mission in this world. Now, so again, so you see that Yaakov's journey is our journey. <clears throat> so now, in, our, in terms of our journey... So when it comes to the, our journey of the neshama coming down to this world, so there's two, there's, there's, two, there's two parts to our journey. One is, on our journey down to this world, to bringing godliness into the world, so one way we, do our, we, 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 we fulfill our journey is by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. In other words, when you learn Torah and you do a mitzvah down in this world, so what happens then is, the neshama that was on high that came down to this world gets elevated by it. Gets elevated more than it was on high. 
Because otherwise, if it's, if it's status quo, then what was the purpose? So the neshama was high, came down to low. When it learns Torah does mitzvahs, it goes higher than it was than it was before. And as and, 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 and explained in many places in Chassidus, that when the neshama learns Torah and does mitzvahs down here, so that creates garments for the soul. We're in Gan Eden, in the Garden of Eden. And through those garments, it's able to comprehend and enjoy more of the infinite light. So in this wor- world, every time you're learning Torah, you're doing mitzvahs, you're investing in garments for your soul. That after 120, you can basically connect and, 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 and to the to, to most powerful light to the infinite light of Hashem. So that's one component. The learning Torah and doing mitzvahs elevates the soul. The second thing is that we do in this world is we transform and we refine our body, our animal soul, and our, and, our, and, our, and, our, and our place in this world. How do we do the transformation apart? That happens specifically by doing mitzvahs. So Torah and mitzvahs elevates the soul, and mitzvahs transforms the world, elevates our body. To take it a step further, it says, so then there's Torah, there's Torah and mitzvahs which elevates the soul. Again, there's the mitzvahs that elevate the body, but more so, the Rebbe says. When a person does the avoider, like it says, Chol which means all your actions, simple, mundane, physical actions, whatever you're doing, you're running an errand, you're working, you're playing, whatever you're doing, do it find a way to do it for the sake of Hashem. That's one level. And then there's a deeper level. Not the action you're doing is for Hashem, but literally see that what you're doing is actually the, is, for, is, is for Hashem. Know Hashem in everything you're doing. In other words, not only that what you're doing should be L'Shem Shemayim, but even the thing you're doing should be a godly experience. Everything should become a godly experience. Not that the experience and the godliness is an attach. Kol means that there's an experience and you're attaching godliness to it. B'chol means that the experience becomes a godly experience. Like, it, and he uses the word, b'chol recha de'ehu. De'ehu comes from which, which sphere? Chachma bina das. And as you have das in alakos. Das is the, the sphere that connects you. And we know das is actually higher than chachma, because chachma is right, and das is a center sphere, and das is actually higher because it connects you to it. B'chol recha de'ehu. So you, by doing whatever you're doing and making it a godly experience, you're actually connecting even deeper. So based on this, Rebbe explains, that's why he says in the verse, Yaakov prayed, you should give me bread to eat and garments to wear and Bashafti Bashalom, I should return in peace. So Rebbe explains like this. Bread to eat and garments to wear, that's referring to learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. And as we know, Torah is referring to bread and, um, and food. And the, 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 the mitzvahs is, um, uh, is, is the garments. And b'shafti b'shalom, that's the transfer, that's the transformation. So here you see already a spiritual insight into these three, three components. Lechaim is what? Is the Torah, the Torah that elevates the soul. Um, Begah Lilbaish is the mitzvahs that, um, elevate, elevate, elevate the, um, the, 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 the body. And the b'shafti b'shalom is total transformation. Total transformation. Now. So based on the Shabbat explains as follows. Now that we see what our voida is in this world, Elevating the soul, transforming the, our, our, our body, our animal soul, and our place in the world. And, so that's why, after the work of Yaakov going out from Be'er Shabbat and going into Charon, 
which means referring to the soul coming down to this world, like we just explained. So what did Yaakov do? He took from the stones of the place. What does that mean? Because <clears throat> we know that the purpose why the soul comes down to this world, it's not for the whole purpose for the soul to be elevated. But the main reason why the Neshama comes down to this world is to transform and to refine the body and the animal soul and this world. For the two things before, but the main reason is to, for the transformational part. Why? Because we know that when Hashem created the world, why did Hashem create the world? He created the world because in the Sabbath, Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hashem had a, a, a desire. He wanted to have a dwelling place down in this world. And by transforming the world, then you're revealing and you're actualizing Hashem's dream. Why? Because you're taking tachtoin, you're taking a place which God is totally concealed, and not only concealed, very, very concealed, and when you're going ahead and you're transforming it, then you're making Hashem's um, dream, uh, desire, to have a dwelling place down but tachtoin in the lowest place in the world. Now, and that's why the main purpose and the main spiritual work of that of the neshama when he comes down here, is to what to take from the stones of the place. In other words, what is as we learned before, what does mokin represent? Space represents a place where God is concealed. And as as the Torah already said before, that when is mokin is is given its life force from yudke vavke, the way each letter is squared off. So you have a hundred a hundred and eighty six. Which basically means that God is concealed there. In other words, even though every single place in this world is because God gives it its life force, but nevertheless, the in Makkah, God is concealed. Because it's, it's only getting its life force from, from, from a gematria, from a numerical value. And not only in Makkah, but specifically in the stones of the place. And not only in the stones of the place, plural, but, and which represents the, the multiplicity. But the whole purpose of the wine and Shama comes down to this world, like Yetzay Yaakov Mershava, Yaakov Liz Mershava goes down to Haran. It's not because of the light that comes by learning Torah Mitzvahs. Yeah, we have to learn Torah Mitzvahs, but it's not the main reason. The main reason is to take from the stones of the place, to take from, from, the, from the part of the world where God is concealed, referring to our body, our animal soul, our place in the world. And we have to take by Yikach. What do you say, Yikach? You become an owner of it. You take charge of your body, of your animal soul, and the world. And you take charge, and what do you do? You make a dwelling place for God down here in this world. Now, so now there was something like this. So what do we see? The main purpose is transformation. And there was as follows. When it comes to transformation, there's two types of transformation. When you do a mitzvah, you're transforming. And when you, when you, um, um, when you just take mundane things, whatever you're doing, and you do it for Hashem. So the Rebbe says when you, when you transform the world just from simple things, whatever you're doing, an errand, work, whatever you're doing, commerce, and you, and you do it L'Shem Shemayim, that's a greater transformation than by doing a mitzvah. Why? Because when a person elevates something which is totally neutral, what happens is that neutral remains neutral. So you're fulfilling more the dream of Hashem to make a dwelling place down here in the, in this physical world. Because when you do a mitzvah, so the big thing becomes a, 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 a religious article. So now it was elevated. But when you elevate just a simple experience, the simple experience remains simple, but you brought godliness to the lowest places in the world. 
And that's why we understand why the main avoida, what the main spiritual service in the soul coming down to this world is, to take from the stones of the place. Again, what does space represents? It represents something physical, where God is concealed, and it's referring to what? It's referring to something which is not necessarily you, you're doing as a mitzvah. Just a simple place, a simple experience, you're making it a holy experience. Now, even after you do your spiritual work, it still remains, it still remains something materialistic. It doesn't become an article of Kedusha. And that's the ultimate of transformation. Kol So based on this, Rebbe explains the tremendous <coughs> quality of the stones of the place. In other words, originally it was multiple stones, and then it became one stone by transforming it. In other words, what happens then, as we learned, it becomes it gets elevated even higher than the level of the head of Yaakov. He put it mirashayisov on top of the head, up until the point that even after he transformed it, so he, the goal was that this stone that he put on top of his head means on a spiritual, very very high level, he wanted it to be a house for Hashem. What does that mean? Not just for Elohim, but he wanted to be where Yudke Bavke becomes Elohim, that the stone should be a house for the powerful level of Yudke Bavke. Why? So everybody explains like this. <clears throat> we know that the ultimate purpose why God created the world, because God had a desire. He wanted to have a place in Tachtain. Now there's a place where God is concealed and God should be revealed there. Where is that? This physical world. And there's no place lower knows where God is concealed like in this world. Now, even though we know in Kabbalah it's brought down many reasons why God created the world. So for example, one of the reasons it's given is so that uh, so we should know God. Another reason is that God should be able to reveal, so to speak, um, all His powers. But the truth is, Rebbe says, those reasons are all in the, in, in, on the world of Atzilut. So, for example, for the souls of Atzilut, um, the God, you know, they should be known. In the world of Atzilut, yeah, they know God, because it's Eitzel, they know God. Or, for example, um, God is revealed, you know, in, in Atzilut, God's revealed. But all these reasons, and others, it's only in the level of, of, of in, the, in Kabbalah, it's called Giluyim, revealed stuff. In Atzilut, yeah, God's revealed. However, the component of Nisaba Kadesh Baruch Hu, that God had a desire to make a dwelling place for him down Betachtoyin, where God is concealed, and so so that wouldn't that wouldn't help. And at Silas, you can't have Tachtoyin; it's high, Bria, Yitzira, etc. So it had to, you had, God had to create a world Oylem Azayatach in this world where God is concealed, and there's no place as concealed where God is concealed like this physical world. So what happens is. <coughs> In this world, what do we have? Not the revel- not the revealed part of God. That's an Atsilas. You want a revelation? Go to the world of Atsilas. In this world where God is concealed, you have the power to connect Atsmusa in the essence of Hashem. And like the uh, Rebbe brings from the Alta Rebbe and he says like this. When God says, when we say that God had a, a, a desire to create this world. And the Alta Rebbe says in Yiddish, if a taiva is concussionish. When someone has a desire, you don't ask the question, why do you have that desire? Desire comes from a deep place within you. If it's a reason, then it's not, it's not desire. It's not, it's not tainug. It's not the highest place of you. When someone explains what they want, so fine, that's a reason for it. If you have a different reason, so you're not going to want it. When it comes to a desire, that's you. So the same thing also, when God had a desire for this physical world, that's the essence of God. Atzmusai, the essence of Hashem. 
And over there, in the essence, there's no questions. So that's why it says, the heaven, this stone, the stone should be the house for the essence of Hashem. In other words, what is it referring to? It's referring to the, the concealment part of Hashem. The essence of Hashem. The stone should be the house for the essence of Hashem. That's specifically in physical world of, of a stone, inanimate, that should be and that will be the place, for dwelling place for the essence of Hashem. So if you want to connect to the essence of Hashem, it's specifically through the, through the, the where, where God is concealed. And that's why the, the Torah says, Yaakov took from the stones of the place. And this that he took from the stones of the place, so obviously one component we learned till now is that to find in the doyman, in the inanimate, and bring God in there. But now they're just going to say this we also find in the person himself also. Not only in the world, but in, our, in, in the human being as well. Why is that? Shabbat so explains this. It brought down in Kabbalah and it says like this, that the, an Evan, which is a physical stone, in a person, what is, which part of the person does that represent? It represents letters, words. Why? Just like an, a stone. It's inanimate. The same thing also, words, it's not intellect. Your intellect goes through the words. It's not emotions. The emotions are expressed in the words. But the word in itself is like diamond. There's nothing to it. It depends what you put in there. But the words, letters, is diamond. Now, so on one hand, on one hand, on one hand, what did we learned before? The diamond is where you can have the essence of Hashem. The same thing applies to a human being. In our words, which is really technically nothing, it depends what's really in there. So in the words, you're able to draw in the most highest powerful lights. And it was like the rubber quotes uh, from, from, from the prophet says, Asa Boiker. Now that you're able to bring in the most powerful lights into the letters. The most powerful spiritual energy comes through the letters. The letter on one hand is nothing, it's just a vessel. But in the letter you can bring in the most powerful lights. And like Dora brings the, what's known with the famous verse where it says, Kiloi Alalechem that not on the bread alone does man live, but we live on the fact that Hashem said that, it, that the bread should exist. That's what we live from. We live, don't we live from the physical form of the bread? We live from the godly energy that causes the bread to exist. Now, so the question is, we are in, in the world as Doimim Sameachim Adaber. We're the Madaber, the highest, so to speak. This chai and this tzemeach. So the fact that a, a human being, which is a madaber, <coughs> gets nourishment from chai, which is basically a tzemeach, that is because even though it's a tzemeach, but the moitzei pi Hashem, the energy that caused that tzemeach to grow, is actually higher than the source of the moitzei pi Hashem for the human being. Why is that? Because the fact that the Tzemeh has less energy than the Medaber, it's a sign that it actually comes from a higher place. Because we know anything from higher, when it goes down, it goes down to a lower place. So the same thing also when it comes to the letters. In other words, the, which letters represents the Doimim of a human being, that the source of the, of the Doimim is even much higher than a Tzemeh. As something that goes from higher goes down lower. So that's why it says, but he took from the stones of the place and he put it on his head. And what does it mean practically in our avodah? That it, the, our spiritual avodah is to take the oisius, our letters, which is the doimim, and to 
infused within it the highest components which comes from the idea from intellect and meditation and, and all our godly thoughts come through the oisius. You see that our letters, the doimim, on one hand it's are just words, but the answer is no, no. In those words you can draw in the most powerful intellectual and godly ideas and godly thoughts. Now, so these two insights in taking from the stones of the place, in other words, like we learned before, the, 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 the inanimate part of the human being, which is the letters, and the, the, our spiritual work of transforming the f- physical world, of which is the doimim, are really connected, Derb explains. Why? Because the transformation of the physical world, the, the, the stones of the, of the world, how do, you, how do you transform the world? It happens through the doimim of the person. Our words elevate the world. In other words, our power of speech, and more importantly, our action, because we know action is the main thing. So our speech elevates the world. And Rebbe says, not only from the doyman perspective, Rebbe says you can add, but you know, from the from the stone part and from the doyman, that um, that that creates a, a vessel for the highest lights. But even the part where it's coming from, why? Because the revelation in the doimim and the of, of the of the physical world and the revelation in the doimim of our speech, in other words, the fact that we are able to take from the physical world, the doimim of the world, and make it a vessel for the essence of Hashem, that's because when we work with our with our words and we're able to draw in there the essence of our soul, which is the essence, which is basically the essence of Hashem, we're able to infuse the two. So they're saying that basically our avoida, bringing in the essence of our soul into our speech, and bringing in godliness into the, into the physical world, is technically, it's, it, they, they're really, they're both, uh, they're both the same type of avoida, one is in the world, and one is within us. And never says, we're going to understand this with an, an introduction based on what's explained in many, many places, as follows. So we know again, um, Hashem's name, Yud, Hey, and Avav, and Hey. Now, in the Neshama, there's five levels to the Neshama. Ne- we'll start from the bottom. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, and Yechida. Now, the four levels, Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, and Chaya, are connected to the Yud, Hey, and the Vav, Hey. So the Nefesh is connected to the, lo- the, the, the lower, the, the, the last Hey of Hashem's name. <coughs> The Ruach is connected to the Vav, and the Neshama is connected to the Hay, and the, the, uh, and, and the Chaya, the highest level, is connected to what? To, to the Yud, Yud of Hashem's name. It's now as follows. So the Yud of Yud Kei Vav Kei, which is the highest letter, is connected to the Chai. Nefesh Ruach Neshama Chai. It's connected to the Chai. Now, so the head of Yaakov which basically is the Yud of Yaakov, which is connected, we've learned before, with the Yud of Hashem's name, that's connected to which part of the Neshama, the, neshama, the level of Chai. Now, <clears throat> when a person works with Doimim, and you elevate the Doimim, you reach it, you bring it to the level of what? Of, of the head of Yaakov, like we learned before, like already we learned before. So notice he took from the stones in a place, and he put it in Yisav, on his head, in other words, it basically means when he worked with the doyman, when he worked with the inanimate, then you actually go to the level of your choice of high in your head, you reach, the head is, is chai, the yud. You actually reach the yechida, 
the highest level, higher than Yudkei Bavkei, higher than Chai. Why is that? So again, what are we seeing here? That by doing our avoida with Doimim, we actually go even higher than Chai, higher than Yud, we reach Yechida. Why is that? Why is it so powerful? I'll never explain something beautiful in yourself like this. Because when a person works with a doimim, inanimate part of the human being, what does that mean, that inanimate part of the human being? It means very simple. When a person is lacking chayas, when a person is lacking vitality, and knows he has no, the emotions are all dried up, he's not motivated emotionally, intellectually, he doesn't see it, he doesn't get it. And also, the will, the will is not there, which is above intellect, and that's level chai. So, you're basically a daimim from a, from a spiritual perspective. Again, emotionally not motivated, intellectually not motivated, the will is not there, but you still do it anyway. Because you're a soldier, you show up and you do it. Why are you doing it? No reason. You're not inspired, you don't understand it, and you have no will to do it. But why are you doing it? You're just doing it. Like the daimim, you show up and you do it. You do your job. So why are you doing it? What's the what's inspiring? What's moving you? What's motivating you to do it? And the answer is because it's coming from your essence. What does that mean? That means that the fact that every single person, in his essence, he wants to do the will of Hashem, like the famous ruling of the Rambam in reference to a divorce. Someone says, you know, as long as he says he wants to do it, he wants to do it, even though he doesn't doesn't look like he wants to. Do it. Why? Because this essence of the person wants to do what Hashem wants. And that's why every single individual, even someone that's totally disconnected and even rebelling against Hashem, all of a sudden you can go and self-sacrifice for Hashem. Why? Because self-sacrifice is connected to the essence. It's connected to Yechida. And when Yechida's there, you don't need to be inspired. You don't need to understand it. You don't need to want to do it. The Yechida will, the yechida will drive you to do it even if you're totally flat. And when it comes to the Yechida, there's no opposition. Like the famous story in the Talmud with, with, the, with, the, with the shed and with the voice, and they said the voice or voice doesn't happen. So Yechida, there's, there's no, no, in Nefesh Ruach Neshama and Chaya, there's a counterpart. Godly force and, 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 and the opposite of godliness. But when it comes to Yechida, there's no godly, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no opposition. There's no counterpart. Yechida is inspired, boom. Not Yechida, it's not about inspired. You connect the Yechida, boom. It's the essence you do it. Now, and that's why the Rebbe says, why the Torah promised that the end is going to be, everyone's going to repent, everyone's going to return to Hashem and we're all going to be redeemed. What does that mean that the end we're all going to repent? Because every single Jew is going to return to Hashem. Why? Because when it comes to the Yechida, the essence of the soul of every single individual, there's no opposition. It's concealed. Fine, it's concealed. But the Torah promises us, promises us, the true Torah promises us, that eventually everyone's Yechida is going to be revealed. And since everyone's Yechida is going to be revealed, we're going to go out of Gullus. And based on this, the Rebbe explains very powerfully, and he says like this, that this is the connection of the two insights of when he took the stones of the place. In other words, referring to the spiritual work of the Doimim, and the, uh, and, the, and the spiritual work of transforming the physical world. That should be a world for Hashem. Our dominion and the world's world. Why? Because the, 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 the power that we have to make this physical world a, a dwelling place for Hashem, for the one Hashem, 
by taking the stones of the, of the world, and those even plural stones, it should be one stone, in order to draw in Hashem Echad, the one Hashem in the world, that even in heaven, and even in the earth, and even in the four corners of the world, and it's like the Ches Nadala, right? The seven heavens on the earth, and the four corners of the world, even though it's all over the place, and it's totally disconnected, but when you reveal the, the, the one Hashem in the world, then everything gets unified, in a unified way. And the, the, the Echad, Hashem Echad, it's just like just like it's more than only Echad. It's one. It's Yochanim Yochad. It's the, the one Hashem. In other words, it's represented by Yechida, and Yechida receives from Yochad. So, in other words, what we're saying is like this: How do we bring unity in the world when we bring our Yechida, our oneness, and we bring the oneness into the world? We take we take the our Doimim, we take the Doimim of the world, and we connect it to what to the infinite one Hashem. Now. <coughs> The Rebbe says as follows. Even though, <coughs> generally speaking, generally speaking, you're going to say, what inspires the Yechida, or mysterious Nefesh? Generously, it's the Daimim. In other words, if, for example, if, if you, you're, you're, you're in love with Hashem, or you understand Hashem, and your wills do Hashem, you don't, you don't access Yechida. You don't access Mysterious, you don't need it. When everything, all else fails, that's when Yechida kicks in. In other words, when a person is in a level, on a spiritual level, of he's poor. Meaning to say is, he's lacking the, the das. He's, his das is not connected. And those emotional das, intellectual das, when you're lacking everything. And the only thing you have left is, yichida. I don't want to be disconnected, I want to be connected to Hashem. In other words, that your internal powers, your koiches are premium of your godly soul, are concealed. And you have no understanding, and no feeling of godliness, but what happens, you wake up your mysterious nefesh, and when, do, when does that wake up when you're poor? But the fact is, once it wakes up, and this is, here's the key point, it's not like, you know, it's, it's not like when you're inspired, great, but once your mysterious nefesh kicks in, so then it, it, it infuses your intellect and your emotions. It affects your intellect and your emotions and your will of the godly soul. And like the like the like the says like the, the promise of Chazal that whoever is going to fulfill the Torah when you're poor, so you'll eventually fill it fulfill it when you're rich. So Rebbe explains very very powerful. What does that mean? Like this, when you're fulfilling Torah when you're poor, it means you're not motivated, but you do it anyway. So eventually you'll fulfill it. You'll fulfill it when you're rich, which means that you'll have rich in your in your das, not chachamim das when you're connected, but you'll have not only physical wealth. But you'll have real wealth and real abundance and real um, a broad way of thinking in, in, your, in your intellect and also in your, in your material, materialistic life. You'll have children, health, uh, sustenance, true abundance, up until the point you'll have such wealth in your, in your in materialistic life. It's going to be so much, you're not going to have to count it. it's going to be so much. And, and, as, and, when a, and everybody says, when a person is so, so wealthy, begashnius, and materially, that brings a shirish badas. And as when you're wealthy financially, but truly wealthy, it brings an expansive in your mind. Why? Because even the animal soul, who's usually never, never happy, also comprehends such tremendous wealth. And as what type of wealth? When it's without limits. <clears throat> and that can be, and that's the source of all the blessings. And then what happens is your your spiritual work of Messias Nefesh, which is above intellect, 
and it gets part becomes part of your day to day life, and that sort of explains that's the pshat, that's the insight of whoever um, learns Torah and observes the Torah. When you when when you're poor, it means when you're not inspired, you'll eventually do it when when you're inspired. But it means to say that you'll you'll do it with that level, which means with the level of mysterious nefesh, which is above limits. When you did it when you're poor, and also again. When you're poor, so what do you have? So why are you doing? Yechida comes out. Yechida is mysterious snapper. It's huge power. But the, what happens is after you go back to living your day-to-day life, that infinite power becomes part of your day-to-day life. And that's why it says in the Shema, B'chol Ma'idcha, with all your, your, all your might. And it's after you're serving God with your whole heart and with your whole soul. In other words, that the, what happens then is the mysterious snapper, which is above intellect, B'chol Ma'idcha, not because you're, God forbid, you're missing anything. You have your whole heart, you're emotionally you're charged, with your whole intellect, etc. But you also have a serious nefesh that goes with it. Knows, even though you're serving Hashem with all your attributes, with your whole, your whole soul, and which obviously all your attributes starts with the intellect. And also, even the, the animal soul um, intellect comprehends it. B'chal of Avchach, we know it's both hearts, referring to the animal soul as well. But nevertheless, the avoid of Mirsiris Nefesh continues in your life. So, no, it's not like you have Mirsiris Nefesh, then when you go back to normal, you forget about it. No, no, the Mirsiris Kavis goes with you. And based on the Shabbat says, that's why it says, that's why it says by Yaakov, and as Zerba says in the beginning of this course, it applies to every single individual. After he did the work, <clears throat> by transforming the sheep of Lavan, and the main transformation at that time was in the sheep. So it says he became very, very successful. And so the Yifrit Sa'ich became very successful. Ma'oid, Ma'oid, very, very. So it says, it's referring to, it doesn't say, it says Ma'oid, Ma'oid means very, a lot. But it, does, it doesn't give an adjective to it. Why? Because it's higher than Ma'oid Shalcha. Because we have a lot, and we have our. our Constant with our, it's limited to our power, but it's it means true a lot. In other words, because a person does the avoda of bechol ma'itcha, which means you serve Hashem with mesiras nefesh, and that's your mesiras nefesh. But then you reach the true ma'id, the, the Hashem's ma'id, and it actually says ma'id twice. But if you ma'id twice, twice, why? Because when a person does the avoda, bechol ma'itcha, we do our part. In other words, <coughs> and what does it mean, Ma'idcha? Besides the fact that you're doing it from Makkab of Chai, which is connected to the Yud, but also you're doing it from Makkab of Yechida. So then what happens is you're able to draw down Ma'id um, twice the level of Arich, which is the lower level of Kesar, the Shinayin O'Hoyer, and the 375 lights that we learned before, and after even higher than that. And Rebbe says, but the fact that this is all Kabbalistic, drawing in powerful energy, mysterious nefesh. Rebbe says, you have to remember, we do not take away from the literal translation of the Torah. And what does that mean? That he became very, very successful, Yaakov Avinu. He had a lot of cattle, a lot of sheep, and in a materialistic way. Why? Because when a person does the spiritual avoid of Chol Ma'idcha, and you do the will of Hashem, in other words, you, um, <clears throat> you do higher than even the, the will what Hashem wants you to be. You do the will of Hashem. You do the Rachan Hashem. And like it says, um, uh, Isa, Isa comes from the word of Maishin al You force yourself to do it. In other words, then you force the will of Hashem to, so to speak, to be there for you. And as we know, the Rebbe says, it's famous line, it says that Tzadik Goizer, that Tzadik has the power to make a decree, and Hashem, Hashem, Hashem will fulfill the decree. <clears throat> 
and he quotes where it says that he decreed and Hashem fulfilled it. And not only that, if, let's say there's a terrible decree, a tzaddik can make a decree, and all the negative stuff can go away. Why? Because you become a owner, you become a leader in, the, in your part of your world. And you have true abundance in everything. Spiritual abundance, physical abundance, you have good with tre- tremendous good, tremendous blessings, um, and a lot, a lot of peace, a lot of wealth, spiritual wealth, physical wealth, and materialistic and spiritual wealth together. So you see again that what happens when you do your job of Bechal Mo'itcha, and you do all Mesiris Nefesh, this becomes part of your life, and Mesiris Nefesh becomes part of your life on a spiritual level, but also on a practical, physical level, with all the tremendous and most powerful blessings. Now, the Rebbe is going to go further as follows. The Rebbe explains like this, <clears throat> that what we learned till now, the main avoider, what's our spiritual avoider in this world, and why the soul came down, is to take from the stones of the place and to transform the daimim, the inanimate parts. So I was now going to explain it even deeper, and he says like this. And he's going to an introduction. So what did we learned before? There's learning Torah. That's how you bring godly light to the world. There's doing mitzvahs, transforming the world. Then there's everything you do, simple action, should be for the sake of Hashem. And in literally everything you do, you find Hashem in there. Now, so that was like this. The, the superiority of simple acts, you're doing for the sake of Hashem, and in all your ways you should know Hashem, which is higher than the avoid of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, it's not only the way you transform the world. That by doing the avoid of doing everything for the sake of Hashem, you're elevating the physical world. But it also applies to the person. We become transformed. How is that so? Never explains like this. Because it's known, why did the Neshama come down to this world? The Neshama wasn't high. Connected to Hashem. Why do you come to such a dark world where God is concealed? But the reason why it came down to this world is, you read that Surah Aliyah. It came down to, to get elevated. In other words, when the Neshama comes down to this world, it gets elevated more than it was on high. God, otherwise, why would it come down to this world? Now, how do, has the Neshama have the elevation? How do you create the elevation in the Neshama? What creates the elevation? The elevation of the Neshama is, that it reaches the level of tshuva. It reaches the level that it's able to experience and it's able to go through the process of tshuva returning to Hashem, even higher. And others like this. Before the neshama comes down to this world, it was on the level of a tzaddik. Not only a tzaddik, a complete tzaddik. But what happens when the neshama comes down to this world? The neshama can become bal tshuva. It can return to Hashem. You can batch up and you can return to Hashem. Now, so you're going to say one second. Even though, seemingly, the tzaddik's avoida is much higher than the baltruva's avoida. Why? Because it brings from the Talmud where it says that when it came to the sacrifices, the carbon tumid was more from uh, from a kevis than from a, from a, from a, from, a, uh, from a, an aze. And like we all know, for the famous line in the, in the, that says, when Hashem wanted to create the world, who did he, who, who, who did he consult with? He consulted with with tzaddikim. So you see that tzaddikim is whoa. Hashem consulted with them at creating the world. That's that's true. So. And never explains why is that? Because the superiority that a tzaddik has is because the will of Hashem to create the world 
He had a desire to create the world and he consulted with a tzaddik. So that is coming from the will. He wanted. However, the essence of Hashem, or like it's called in Kabbalah, the Baal HaRatzayin. Ratzayin is something that somebody wants. It's not the person himself. So for the thing that he wanted, he discussed it with a tzaddik. But the Baal HaRatzayin, the person that has the wills, let's look at the owner, the person himself, so the person himself, what's the, what's the, what's the main intent of the person himself was for tshuva. So again, just to, to recap, because this is an important point that will help us going forward. The Ratzin of Hashem was to create the world. He consulted with Sadiqim. The Baal HaRatzin, the owner of the will, was for tshuva, to return to Hashem. So it was like this. So when it comes to the Baal HaRatzin, Hashem himself, that's about tshuva. It's much deeper. And that's why we know the famous Chazal that tell us in a place where a Balchuva stands, a tzaddik can never stand there. Not only they can't stand there, they don't stand there. Why? Because the power and the, the superiority of a Balchuva is, is higher than even the ability of a tzaddik. A Baltruva is not only higher than a tzaddik, even, high, even the ability of a tzaddik can't go as high as a Baltruva. And we know that the ability is even higher than the actuality. Even Koiches Makifim. Why? Why is a Baltruva so powerful? Because Baltruva reaches in the essence of Hashem. All revelations, that's a source of tzaddikim. You can't compare to reaching the essence of Hashem. So now, Recap. So we're coming down to this world, this will be Baltruva, to return. And when we return, we reach what? The essence of Hashem. So based on this, Rebbe explains why it says, Vishafti Bishalim. What was the original the question at the beginning of Hasidic discourse? Where he says, Vishafti Bishalim, I want to return in peace. El Baisavi to my father's house. So the Kweber asked a simple question. He let Yaakov leaves Bereshava. So he should say, Bashafti, I should return to the place I was, I was before. So it should have said, Bashafti, Bashalim, Obeyashava. I should return to Bashava. I want to return peace to Bashava. So why does it say, Base Avi? So Rebbe explains as follows. What happens through Tshuva? You, the, you, it's, you don't go back to the same place, you go to a higher place. So therefore, the is not just going back to Be'er Shava, you know, it's where I started from, but I want to go back to base Avi, higher than Be'er Shava. Why does he say Be'er Shava? Because he wants to go back to the place which is higher. And Yerba said, you can add, that <clears throat> this applies even literally when he wants to go back to base Avi. Who was his father at that time? His father was Yitzchak. Now, why is going back to Yitzchak higher than Be'er Shava? And they're explaining beautifully. That Yitzchak, what does Yitzchak represent? Tzchaik asali elkim. Yitzchak represents simcha, joy, and tainug, pleasure. Yitzchak is joy and pleasure. Spiritually. Now we know, and also physically, Yitzchak is joy, tzchaik is laughter and pleasure. And we know that Pleasure, I'm using the word, pleasure sounds like a, a pleasure from a physical thing, but it doesn't mean that, it means tainug, real, real, real tainug, real pleasure. <clears throat> this pleasure, which means a pleasure of laughter, 
Where does pleasure come from? Pleasure comes from something new. You have the same thing every day, it's not going to be pleasurable at some point. Like it says in Kabbalah, Tainuk Tzmidi ain't a Tainuk. You want to have Tainuk, you need something new. New, different, spin it up a little bit. The point is, you need something new to have Tainuk. Now, so Yitzchak represents what? Tzchoik, Tainuk. And Tainuk comes from a new thing. Aha. <clears throat> tshuva, what's Tshuva when you're returning? That's something new. Like the Raman writes, when a person does tshuva, when he did something wrong, that the power of tshuva is that yesterday you were this person, and today you're not that person. Yesterday you were disconnected from Hashem, and today you're connected with Hashem. So what happens when a person does tshuva, and you create something new, that creates the Yitzchak, that creates the Tzchak and the Tainug. And the Tainug in tshuva is higher than the Avoid of Atzadik. Why? Because we know that when a, when a Baal does Tshuva, it's more Hashem loves and, it's, it's, and, and embraces um, in a real beautiful way. And it's more enjoyable to Hashem than the Tzaddik. Why? Because Hashem gets, a, a, gets joy, gets tainuk from what? From the Avodah of Tshuva. And that's why, because the Avodah of Tshuva is so powerful, so it says when in reference to someone that does Tshuva, a person that does tshuva screams out to Hashem and he's right away answered. Up until the point where we know it says, about tshuva before even he calls out to Hashem, Hashem is already answering. Even though you first have to call, then Hashem answers. Because since Tainug on high by Hashem comes from the chiddush, from the new idea of tshuva, so it actually changes the nature. And it could be before you call it, Hashem is answering you. Normally you call and Hashem answers. But since you're doing a chiddush, you're changing. So Hashem changes the road also. And you can answer before you call him. Now. So what do we see again? What is Hashem, why do we come down to this world? To get an elevate, ele- elevation. Elevation happens through what? Through tshuva. Tshuva is something new. Something new creates, creates tzchoik and tainuk. And then, then obviously you, you're in a much higher level, and Hashem answers you even before you actually call out to them, Hashem. Now, so this idea that there's something, the chiddush, something new, which causes the tainug, the pleasure, and the laughter in Hashem, that happens of the chiddush of the new idea, specifically that happens in the body, in the animal soul, and in the world itself. In other words, this, the, this, the, when, a, when the godly soul does tshuva, what does that mean, godly soul's tshuva? Because he comes down to this world, and he's in Gullus, and he learns Terry does mitzvahs. Even when he's involved in simple, mundane things, errands, whatever he's doing, and you do it with Hashem Shemayim, or Bechol Ruchach Adayu, and the Shem is, you know, transforming the world. That's not smoke submitters. That's not a big chiddush. Why? Because what's the godly soul? The godly soul is godly. So the godly soul learns Torah, does mitzvahs, l'shen shemayim, okay, fine, it's, that's what you're supposed to do. And that's fine, it's great, it's amazing. You're doing, but it's not a chiddush, it's not a new idea. So since it's not a chiddush, so the neshama doesn't create the tainug. Where is the main tainug on high? That comes from the chiddush, from the new idea. <clears throat> and that is when the body and the animal soul turns to Hashem. 
whether it's in the level of Ishabcha, where you try and totally transformation like a tzaddik, or it's the avoid of Iskafya, practicing restraint like the avoid of Abainani. And look, you know, it says in Tanya, it's two different life types of Nachasruach, two different fragrances that it creates, Matamim Lashem Rabim. But this pleasure is much higher, you know, the pleasure of the, of the body and the animal soul is higher than the pleasure of the, of the Neshama. Even when the Neshama does Shuvah. And the Rebbe brings over here from the Zoyer, the Zoyer says, When you practice restraint and transformation from the other side, referring to the, the body and the animal soul, What does that mean? That the light of Hashem, which gets drawn by, by practicing restraint and transformation, which is a hot light, which is above the vessels, and that's why it's called istalic. It's 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 much more powerful, <clears throat> and like also like it's explained in Torah Ur, from the Alter Rebbe and Torah Chaim from the Mittel Rebbe on the on the uh, on the explanation of the verse Veshafti Veshalim. I'm going to return in peace to my father's house, which again is not referring to the tshuva of the godly soul, but referring to the tshuva of of, of practicing restraint, the skafia, and the transformation. From Sitra Akra, from the Nefesh of Bahamas, from the body, from Shoicha, from darkness into light. Why? Because the real laughter and enjoyment and Tainag and high, going back al Sovi to my father's house, which referring to Yitzchak, which is which we learned before is Tzchayik and Tainog, that happens mainly by the avoid of Iskafia and Ishabka. When you do the avoid of Iskafia and and that creates the greatest Tzchayik and that creates the greatest Tainog. Now, so based on this, what do you see from here? That the main avoid is the body and the animal soul. And that creates the greatest revelation. So based on the server explains <clears throat> the um, extra power energy that takes place by doing our spiritual work of Bakalma Sakhalashain Shamayim, mundane acts, whatever you're doing. Whatever you're doing, anything physical, you're, you're, you're gardening, you're mowing the lawn, you're going to errands, whatever you're doing, you're at work. And over there you should know Hashem. You're doing it for Hashem. Or In other words, not only the way you're transforming the world, but the way the person is being transformed, the Neshama is being transformed. Why? <clears throat> because this that the Neshama, when it comes down to this world, becomes about Shuvah, that creates the Chiddush spark plugs. That happens by specifically by dealing with Divrei Harishus, by, by simple things in this world. And you're doing it for, for Hashem, in other words. Why is that? It never explains like this. We know the famous verse that says, that, the, 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 that everybody, everybody's in the level of a tzaddik. Why is that? What do you mean, everyone's a tzaddik? And the answer is yes. Because the truth is that the real essence of every single individual is, is our godly soul. And like we know, the Rambam gave a ruling, and it said, and we mentioned it before, that the real will of, of, of every single Jew is to do what the will of Hashem is. Our neshama God wants to do what the will of Hashem is, and what happens is when, we, when, we, when you when you push the person to do it, or when you when a person pushes themselves to do it, to do a mitzvah you don't want to do. So what happens is then the Yetzirah gets weakened, and what gets revealed is not something new, but what gets revealed is your true will. Now. So what happens is when a person is learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, what gets revealed? Your true will. What will? The will of your godly soul. 
So on that, when a person is learning Torah and doing mitzvahs from the neshama, the neshama wants to do that. So you're on a level of tzaddik. Now, even though at that moment you could have done things which is the opposite of holiness, but the fact is, if you look at the real reason why you're doing the mitzvah, what's the drive that's driving you to do the mitzvah? Because your 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 internal will came out. Your ratzina primi, your internal will came out. So therefore, when you're doing the mitzvah, you're at a level of a tzaddik, because that's your real you. It's not, it's not a fake. It's your real you that it's doing it. So based on this, it explains, that's why the request is, Hashem should give me bread to eat and garments to wear. So, when, so how come when it says, God should give me bread to eat and garments, it doesn't say give it to me in peace. Why? Because when do you need peace? When there's opposition, like for example, when we say pod b'shalom nafshi, which is connected to the um, redemption of the of the of the middle of the Rebbe on Yud Kislev, why? Because it says me krubly, because there was there was there was opposition to him. So he's asking pod b'shalom laughing me krubly because there's opposition. You need shalom when you have opposition. So in other words, by a tzaddik, you don't have to say shalom, peace. What does a tzaddik have? No, doesn't have opposition. He goes and he learns Torah. He does mitzvahs. He does what he has to. He has no, he has no Yetzirah, he doesn't have an evil inclination. So the same thing also when it comes to Torah and mitzvahs, which is represented by Lechem, bread, which, which is referring to Torah, and Begah is referring to mitzvahs, so every single Jew. Because when the person's learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, what's being, what's revealed then? Your Ratzin of your godly soul. And your Torah mitzvah you're doing is coming from the, from the will of your godly soul. From the part of your tzaddik. So it doesn't have to say, doesn't have to say lechem lechel begad libosh with shalom. Because that's, that is shalom. However, when you're dealing with the materialistic world and you're doing simple things in the world, uh, now why are you dealing with the world? Commerce, business, whatever you're doing in the world, uh, you need it for your body, for your body to be exist and to be alive and to thrive. Or for your animal soul. They have some kind of desire for something materialistic. So what's happening is when, you're got, when, you're, when your body and your animal soul is active, the godly soul is totally concealed. So what happens is when you fight the godly soul, the animal soul, and you fight your your, your just the, the the wants of your of your body, and you do the things, simple things, but you do in the shem shemayim or that's like the level of tshuva, and that's why he says the idea of shalom, because you're creating real peace. Why? Because you have a monogamy, you have opposition, and you're creating shalom by transforming it through, and that's specifically by the Rishos, Now, the Rebbe says, that's, that's specific. Specific, when you compare the two, versus Terevit, so that's where it's really at. But the Rebbe said, the truth is, that even, but the truth in general, even the avoid, even the spiritual work of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, when you're doing it in a way that you're really struggling, with your animal soul. You're struggling with your Yetzirah. And especially, there says, in the times of Gullahs, times of exile, where there's a lot of things that that that, that, uh, that hold us back and distract us um, from learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. And you have to struggle. Not always it's easy to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. You have responsibilities, whatever. It can be many, many things that's stopping you from learning Torah and doing a mitzvah. So you have to fight with yourself. So the Rebbe says it's possible when you learn Torah, and generally speaking, learning Torah, even though there was said before that versus, but the fact is that even Torah mitzvahs in his mind and is also the level of tshuva. So based on this, the Rebbe says he brings in the Zoya. The Zoya says as follows: 
that when Yaakov Avinu looked into the future and he saw the poverty and the pain that's going to be in the exile of Edom and especially at the end of Gullus, which is referring to obviously our times right now. So Yaakov looked into the time of Gullus and he said, Return in peace to my father's house and Hashem will give me bread to eat and garments to wear. So Rebbe asks, one second. In the verse it says, first, he'll give me bread and, 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 and uh, garments, and then I'll come in peace. How come in the Zoyar, he says, Veshafti Veshalayim, I'll come back in peace before bread and garments. And Rebbe explains the explanation as follows, which is very simple. What is the Torah, what is the Zoyar talking about? He's talking about the poverty and the pain of exile. Which actually, Rebbe says, it's already a third insight of a Yetzeh. Because we learned before two. One is that he left Bina, and the other one he left Malchus. This is a third insight. It's referring to my Yetzeh in Golos. And he went out to Charon. And going out, going out in the Charon, not from Bina to Malchus, not Malchus to Bia, like we learned before. But it's referring to the time of Golos. A whole new insight. Referring to the time of Golos. And that's why it says in Chazal that Charon is referring to the wrath of Hashem in the world. And when is that? That's specifically in the time of Gullus. So therefore, because he was looking at the time of Gullus, when with such pain and such suffering and such challenges, so therefore the Zoya starts off before Lechem Lechel Begad Livoish. He starts with a Shafti Bishalim. Why? Before Lechem and Begad. Why? Because we're dealing with such concealment of the time of Gullus. So what happens then is, even the avoida, the spiritual work of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, which seemingly we should just embrace Torah and mitzvahs, which is represented by Lechem and Begid, how do we have to unfortunately learn today Torah and mitzvahs? It comes by doing tshuva first. V'shafti v'shalom. The Zoyer saying is that in Golos, V'shafti v'shalom has to come first. Which includes also Bashafti being have the ability and the power to overcome whatever is holding us back to connect Hashem. And the verse continues on and says, and Hashem will give me bread to eat and garments to wear. In the, in the verse it says, before Bashafti Bashal, not like the Zohar. Why? Because when it says when Yaakov is leaving Bashav, he's going to Haran, which is in all generations, before this time of Gulf, what the Zohar is talking about. It's referring to generally the soul comes down to this world. Not God forbid the terrible gulfs we're in now. And since in the time of the temple. So what happens then is, the, what is real tshuva? Tshuva then is transforming cholmasecha, things which are permissible. However, learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, which is the avodah of tzaddikim. So therefore it says right away, lechem lechel beged lilbush. And he doesn't start off with shafti b'shalim. On the contrary, he says, he'll give me bread to eat, referring to learning Torah before, before, before Shafti B'Shalem. <clears throat> Why? Because after you do the Avodid of Torah, you learn Torah, and you do mitzvahs, which is connected more to the godly soul, then afterwards you're able to deal with the permissible things in the world of Shafti B'Shalem, like we never quotes the famous line that says, First, take care of yourself, first learn Torah, first do mitzvahs, and then you'll deal with the world. But that's what in the times of the temple. But today the Zohar says, now, we have to, we are, now we're all the Shafti B'Shalem. We all have to do Tshuva first. 
Why? Because we're dealing with the, with, with the fact that God is concealed. So our, our approach to everything, even before Tony Mitchell comes first, by body of Chuba. Now, it goes on to say as follows. <clears throat> so when, when we deal with Chuba, so there's two levels of Chuba, as we just learned. There's the ultimate level of tshuva through the avoid of chol masechel Hashem shemayim, doing everything, um, everything that we do, materialistic things for the sake of Hashem. So says that tshuva of chol masechel Hashem shemayim is higher than the tshuva of Torah mitzvahs, even even in times of galus. So even though we're saying that there is a tshuva component Torah mitzvahs and galus, but nevertheless the tshuva of chol masechel shemayim is still higher than the tshuva of Torah mitzvahs and galus. And even obviously higher than the tshuva of God for someone sinning. Why? And they're explaining like this. Because the idea of tshuva, when a person repents by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs in a way of tshuva, in time of Golos, like we just learned, like based in the Zohar. And that's what, what does that mean practically? Were you able to overcome the struggles and the obstacles of, of, of Golos and you don't, you, you don't get affected by it? Or, for example, you just do regular, little tshuva. In other words, you're able to change your way from before. Like, for example, like there were quotes again in the Ramah that we already mentioned before, that yesterday you were disconnected from Hashem, and today you basically you're back connected to Hashem. However, when it comes to tshuva of chol masechel Hashem shemayim, so what does that mean? You're busy with mundane things, work, errands, whatever you're doing. Who's busy with it? Your body, your animal soul. Now, this that you're going ahead and you're doing it for the sake of Hashem, <clears throat> even though you're doing it from your neshama perspective. But what happens then? It's not that your neshama is transformed, get overpowers your body and your animal soul. In other words, you're still doing a physical act, you're still doing it a mundane act, and you're calling it a mundane act, a mundane act. But nevertheless, you do, you're attaching a shame shemayim label on it. Now, so this component. In other words, you're bringing out your godly soul in, the, in, in, your, in, your, in bodily activities or animalistic activities. That's more of a, a, a new idea, chiddush, more of a new idea than the fact that the soul is overpowering its struggles. Why? <clears throat> because what's real tshuva? Tshuva is, compared to, to a void of a tzaddik, is the fact that you're doing something new and different. So in other words, the main component of tshuva is we're, so in other words, yeah, it's true. There is true when it comes to learning Torah mitzvahs. But it's not where it's it's not where you have to create something new. Yeah, Torah mitzvahs, but you, you're, you're taking away an obstacle. But when you're doing L'shem Shemayim, you're creating a whole new energy which didn't exist before. But nevertheless, Rebbe says, <clears throat> the fact is that the intent of the soul coming down to this world it's not because to elevate the soul. That no, the soul's coming down to this world, that the, that the, the, the soul should become about Shuva. No. It does that. 100%. Until now we just learned the last few paragraphs that the soul becomes about Shuva. And that's very powerful. But let's, let's not lose focus. The goal isn't for the soul to become about Shuva. The goal is to transform the, the, the body and the uh, animal soul and the physical world. And Rebbe says he's going to explain this as follows. In other words, the, the novel idea, the chiddush, when a person does tshuva, the neshama does tshuva, the fact is like this. The neshama is a part of Hashem. 
So when the neshama goes ahead and is able to overcome obstacles that's stopping you from connecting to Hashem, and even though it, fa- it affects the 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 the, uh, the 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 body and the animal soul, etc., it's not it's not, it's not a new idea. It's the same soul. It had issues and it was able to it was able to plow through it. However, when you go ahead and you transform and you refine the body and the animal soul and the physical world and these places that were not, they're not godly per se, and these places become a vessel for godliness, that's something new. Neshama was able to overcome the that's great, powerful, but there's no new Neshama here. But when you have the body and the animal soul and the world becomes godly, now that's a new soldier from the army of Hashem. So therefore the pleasure that's created on high which comes from something new, in other words, from transforming the body. The body's excited about godliness, or the animal soul is, or the world becomes, recognizes God, that creates a greater pleasure on high, more than the true of the neshama. And not only that, when the effect on the animal soul is in a way that, um, when, you're, when you do practice iskafia, when it's, you know, it's still being an animal soul, but it's, but it's practicing restraint, Hashem has greater satisfaction than his habcha. Because his habcha, once you transform it, okay, so you transformed it, got it. But when it's when it's it suppresses its own wants and it practices scafi, it's much more powerful, much more stronger. And the Rebbe says the step further is <clears throat> the greater, the greater and the greatest novel idea, new idea, and satisfaction comes when you transform the world. More than you transform the animal soul. Why? Because when you transform the body and the animal soul, because since this is the soul and the body of, the, of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a human being, of a Jewish person, and the fact is that the body and the and the, and the, the body and the animal soul of, of a Jewish person is not like the body and soul of, a, of the nations of the world. It's kind of, it's not it's not a, it's novel idea. It's still your body. It's still your soul. But the main quality is when you transform the physical world. And especially the sparks that are in Gimel Klipas Etmeis, in the three holy, unholy, unholy, unholy pure energies. When a person literally does chuvo, you return to Hashem that the that the things that you did wrong become come right. Or when you go through a test and you're able to overcome the test, that creates the greatest tainag and high, which is obviously a source of inspiration. Anyone's going through a challenge, guess what? When you overcome the challenge, that creates the greatest inspiration and high by Hashem. And based on what explains, we can explain what's brought down in many places. That in order to come to the level, the highest level, where you totally connect to Hashem with your yechida, that comes through his hapcha, where you transform darkness to light, in other words, that the, literally the darkness of materialism that you're dealing with throughout the day. So it was, even though they avoid the B'chal with your heart, with both your hearts, the godly soul and the animal soul, and you're transforming the, 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 the negative side, so to speak, to holiness, because the main transformation takes place when you elevate the world. And that's why it says, V'shafti v'shalom el I'm going to return in peace to my father's house. What does that mean? That when your person does the avoidah, of practicing restraint, the skafya, and his habcha, transformation, darkness to light. In other words, when you make the tzchoik, the laughter, and the pleasure on high, which Avi is referring to Yitzchak, <coughs> but you do it in a way, base Avi, the house of my father. Avi is referring to Yitzchak, which is the laughter. A base means the house. 
And as what does a house represent? You live a tent is only a temporary abode. A bias, a house is a as a full time abode. You live there full time, which means base avi you make. Avi, you make gitzchok, you make tzchok, you make laughter, you make tshuva in a way which is consistent, steady. Not only in your body, not only in your animal soul, but literally in the physical world, that's the goal. V'shafti b'shalom el-beis avi. I should return in peace. El-beis avi. In other words, we should have the real laughter, the real tshuva, but the tshuva should be not, it should be done in the world, but it should be done not just every once in a while, but it should be done in a very, very consistent, biased way. Now, based on this, Trevor explains will understand even deeper that the main spiritual work that the Neshama came down to this world, as we know by Yetzeh, Yaakov, Yaakov, Lepeshav, he comes down to this world. Well, what's the main spiritual work we see? By Yikach me Avnei Amokim. He took from the stones of the place, and we, like we already learned, what, is that, what does that represent, taking from the stones of the place? It's referring to transforming the world, mocking the place, the world, Avon, evidence of stones, Doimim, and multiple, multiplicity, and as besides the avoida of kol masechel Hashem shemayim, <clears throat> which we know that's much more powerful than learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, but even in the avoida of kol masechel Hashem shemayim, there's two components. One is the person that gets elevated through it, and as the, the, the the person does tshuva, but also the elevation of the physical world. But the but. Between these two, the neshama gets elevated and the world gets elevated. The main avoid is to take from the stones of the place, which means elevating the world, elevating the physical world. And that's why it says, Hashem that Yudke Bavke is going to be for me at Lalkim, and then I'm going to make the stone, I'm going to make it a, 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 a monument, which will be the house of Hashem. And Rebbe explains, that the good will my God, that that's what happens to the person by doing the transformation. By doing the transformation, you, you reach a higher level. But then he continues on to say, this stone that I made for a monument, you base Lalkim. In other words, even the simple stone, physical things, which was initially they were Avnei Amokai, they were stones from a place, plural. But when a person does the Avoido, they become one stone. Up to the point that you make a matzevi, you make a, mon- a monument, and the rubber quotes where it says, Nitzav Melech, you're standing as a monument for Hashem. In other words, what does that mean practically? You become an owner, you become a melech on everything in your world. You, you, you take charge of your life. Or for example, matzevi means you're standing as a king, which means you, you bring the revelation of God into the world. And it says, that the world accepted the kingdom of Hashem by, willfully, which is high, higher than Mashallah. Mashallah means you're, you're, so to speak, forcing it. But when they, they're, they're willing to accept it, and you make it a base of a house for Hashem, we make a house and a dwelling place for Hashem, which is even higher than Yudke Vavke. Because as it says, which is, that's from the Nefesh Alakis. But the goal is, it should be base Alakim for which means it should be a house for the, the, the concealment of the essence of Hashem. And that's what happens in the materialistic world. So by elevating this physical world, we actually make the physical world a dwelling place for the essence of Hashem. Now, so obviously we know what, we know what our goal is. Our goal is to transform the world. But in order to make this world, that this stone should be a house for, should be a house for Hashem, by taking the event, by taking the physical world, 
and by making it for a monument and pouring. So how do you do it? You by pour by pouring by putting oil in it. So Zebra explains very simple. And he explains as follows. By Eben, he took the stone. It was Avne, it was plural. So the first thing is you'd make it into one stone. In other words, even after that you took from the stones, the plural stones, you make it even one stone, like just like the, the letter Yud of the Shem's name, which is the level of Chachmah. That's the first component. But then you even elevate it even higher. And you make it for a monument, like it's like with like said by the dream, Kamal Umasi, it stood up and Gamni Tsava, and it becomes a monument for not only for the Yud, for the Chachma, but it becomes a monument for the it comes a, a receptacle to receive the thirteen attributes of compassion on high, which in Kabbalah it's referring to um the Yuds and the Vav. And Rebbe explains because we know, for example, there's a <coughs> there's a Yud, and there's the Vav, and there's the Yud. So there's the way where the Yud <clears throat> which is with um, yud, which is higher, and the vav is lower, and then there's time when the vav is higher and the yud is lower, and that's what the Rebbe brings in Torah where he says over there that the Cyrus, the here, is the level of yud, and it 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 it, it, it leaches energy from the yud, even though later on it says that the vav is higher, because you see that the, the there's there's two components in the yud and the vav, one where it's higher, and one 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 where the one one where it, one where it's um uh, one where well, the one where it's lower, now. <clears throat> but afterwards, what do you do afterwards? When you after you bring in the yud gimel mitzrachim, then you pour in the oil on its head. What does that mean? You bring down from the thirteen tikkuni dikma, the thirteen points of light into the world, and by doing that, you make this stone, which should be the house for Hashem. And it's interesting. You use the word yia. It will be yia is a lotion of zacher, male, strong energy. But even though it says v'ha'even hazois, which is nekeva. So how, you don't mix a match between Zachar and a Keva. Because referring to Yeh, it's going to be, when is it going to be? It's going to be in the Gula Asida, in the ultimate redemption. Because then we're going to sing a Shir Chadosh. And it doesn't say Shir Chadosh, female, but it's actually says Shir Chadosh, Lashon Zachar. Because we're going to have the ultimate Gullus. And the ultimate Gullus is going to be in a way where there's not going to be any more uh, ultimate Gula. We're going to have the ultimate redemption. We're not going to have any Gullus after that. So based on this, Jeremy explains very, very powerful. And he says like this. Brings the connection between where it says the Shafti Salvi, where Yaakov says, "I'm going to return in peace to my father's house." And uh, w- 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 what does that mean practically? In other words, that w- even when he's in Charon, even what Charon represents the time of Gullus, which is which is um, and, which is the idea of a Shafti. You know, even when he's in Gullus, he wants to be connected with Shafti Veshalom Beisavi in a literal way. That we go, we go, he goes back to, from Choran to his father's house when going back in, in, in the future when Mashiach comes. In other words, <clears throat> that Yitzchak, we know, before we learned that Yitzchak is a component of laughter, but Yitzchak is also referring to the future. Why? Because the, the ultimate laughter and pleasure is going to be when in the future when Mashiach comes. As the, as the verse says clearly, Oz, and specifically us in the future. When Mashiach comes, we're going to have the greatest laughter. And that's what he says. When Mashiach comes, we're going to say specifically, Ki Yitzchak, in reference to Yitzchak, Ki Atavinu. Yitzchak's our father. So Yitzchak is a, a reference to what? To Mashiach times. In other words, when we do our avoida of a Shafti V'Shalem, which means, what does it mean, V'Shafti V'Shalem? When we practice Iskafya, restraint, 
we practice this hapcha transformation, and as we take darkness and we turn it into light, which that's the whole idea of peace. Peace is there's, there's an opposition. That and what happens is that the opposition gets transformed into holiness. But not only do we transform our body and our animal soul, but even our physical world, and by doing our avoida of the transformation of our body, our animal soul, and the physical world, that's going to be the cause for the revelation what's going to be in the future when Mashiach comes. And then we're going to have the ultimate in peace. As we know, it says when Mashiach comes, there's not going to be any any conflict, any 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 uh, confrontation, any wars, no issues whatsoever. Why is that? Because Kimala already day as Hashem, because the whole world is going to be full of the knowledge of Yudkei Bavkei Kamayim Now, show me something this. So what we just learned, Yitzchak is referring to what the future. Now, even though Yitzchak is referring to the future. Because, when, why? Because the ultimate schoik, the ultimate laughter and pleasure is going to be when Mashiach comes. But the fact is, today he's also called Yitzchak. So obviously, today we also have some component of the tainag and schoik of Yitzchak. Like it says in the Torah clearly, Tzchoik Asli Asa, he already did schoik now. Why? Because how do you have, you know, one hand was saying that Tzchoik is going to be when the future comes. Was, no, it happens now as well. How does it happen now as well? Because the laughter and the pleasure comes from what? Our avoided today of Iskafya and restraint and transformation. The revelation is going to be in the future. When everything is totally transformed. But it's happening now. We're creating. We're creating it now. So the same thing also, this idea we're going to say that in the future we're going to say that Yitzchak is our father. Because he's going to take us out of Gullus. But we have it now also as well. In other words, even in the time, not only is he going to take us out in the future, even in the time of Gullus, he protects over us. And this protection, that he, that he protects us now, that's going to, be, that's going to help us have the ultimate, uh, revel, uh, ultimate, uh, ultimate uh, revelation, ultimate protection from Gullus. So that's in terms of what the protection, the laughter, that we, that we the ultimate's going to be later, but we have it now as well. So I said the same thing also applies to the idea of peace. That even though the true peace, and it's in a way of no one's going to harm us, no one's going to bother us, that's going to be Mashiach comes. But however, we also have a, a, a taste of it now as well. In other words, the things that, that are trying to hold us back and stop us, not only it's not going to stop us, but in the country, it's going to help us serve Hashem. So, you know, so even though, again, ultimate is going to be a, a peace and laughter is going to be in the future, but the fact is we have it today as well. So based on what it says, it's also understood why it says, I'm, I'm going to return in peace to my father's house and it was in, time, in, in, in the time of Gullus, <clears throat> which is also connected that I'm going to return in peace to my father's house, referring to when Mashiach comes. Why? It was, if we're t- returning to the future, how can it be now? If it's now, why is it the future? It never explains very simple. Because even in Gullus, even in exile, and there are things that hold us back from re- totally returning, and that's what we have to re- we pray to Hashem, we should return in peace, and we should have peace, and God forbid there shouldn't be any bloodshed, etc. But nevertheless, even now, the, the, the power and the strength of Mesiris Nefesh, which comes through our Yechidah, and if we bring out Mesiris Nefesh, and we bring out our Yechidah, we're able to abolish anything that's holding us back. Not only is, uh, abolish it, but they actually will help us in serving Hashem, just like what's going to be like in the future when Mashiach comes. 
So based on this, Rebbe explains the connection between the two insights of Pada B'Shalayim Nafshi Mikravli. In other words, it says in Tilim, where King David says that he redeemed my soul in peace from those Mikravli. So what does Mikravli mean? So Rebbe says there's two, there's two insights. The simple insight is that Hashem saved me Mikrav, Mikrav is people waging war against me. In other words, what does that mean? There's, there's, there is absolutely an existence of an enemy. And you have to fight the enemy. And that's the idea of Hashem redeemed my soul in peace and referring to King David because it was referring to obviously David, King David we know had tremendous, tremendous, had tremendous opposition and he had a lot of enemies. But nevertheless he was able to be successful. And we all know, for example, that the major difference between the transformation that took place in the times of David and the times of King Solomon. Because in the times of King David, there was wars. And however, the, the transformation that took place in the time of King Solomon, it was peaceful. And we know, for example, Hashem said to King David that because you spilt a lot of blood and you had a lot, a lot of wars, you could not build a house, or, you can't build a base of English for me. And your son that's going to be after you, he's going to be a, a person of peace, he's going to build a house for, of Hashem. Now, even though the, the success of King David, and he was successful wiping out all his enemies, was 100% the full, full, full-blown success. And that's why there was, even a, there was even a thought that he should build a base of Mikdash. He got rid of all the enemies. But the fact is that the transformation, how did he get rid of his enemies? He had to wage war. So therefore, King Solomon is the one that had to build a temple. So what do you see from here? That Padre B'Shalom, when it says, when it's referring to the times of King David, it means there was, a, there was a real enemy, there was a real threat. However, he's successful. So Padre B'Shalom, Nashim, there's a war, and Hashem makes us successful. The same thing also, when it came to the Padre B'Shalom, the redemption and peace, which the Alter Rebbe had on Yutas Kislev, and the Mithra Rebbe on Yud Kislev, there was literally, there was opposition, strong opposition, opposition against Hasidus, and teaching Hasidus, learning Hasidus, but thank God we were successful. And up to the point that after the redemption, they needed to have special permission to continue. And we know that all the kingdoms are, 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 the, are, are go by the first name of Mitzrayim, which means that they, they oppress and suppress the Jewish people from living uh, freely. And in that case, it was about learning Torah and learning Chassidus and spreading Chassidus. So the first insight of Padre B'Shal Nafshi means what? There's opposition and we're successful in peace. The second, the second insight of Padre B'Shal is that uh, like the Rebbe brings from, uh, from the uh, Padre B'Shal Nafshi, the Chassidic discourse from, from the Alter Rebbe and many other Chassidic discourse in relation to Kislev, in the Altar that the redemption is done in a way of peace, not like the first insight where there's, there's an opposition, you have to fight it. No, you don't need to fight anything. Just like, the, like for example, the times of King Solomon, that all the enemies were totally got nullified. And you didn't have to do it through war. So Padre B'Shal Nashi means we're living a peaceful life. The enemies just disappeared on its own. Now, that's two ways, two ways um, to, to, to explain Padre B'Shal Nashi. Now, what's the, uh, but the fact is that these two are totally opposites, literally extreme opposites. And especially, like I explained many places in Chassidus, that Padre B'Shalom Nashi, my soul was redeemed in peace, is referring to the redemption in peace like it's going to be in the future, like Mashiach comes. And we know when Mashiach comes, Hashem is going to 
and make it in a way that the, all the nations of the world are going to have one vision. All everyone's going to recognize one one Hashem. Everyone's going to serve Hashem, which is even going to be higher than the peace that took place in the days of King Solomon. However, the peace that took place in the days of King Solomon—that's a preparation. What's going to be like when Mashiach comes? And as we know, Mashiach is going to be from the house of King David and from, from King Solomon. In other words, which you see that's going to take it to, to a whole different level. However, so on one hand, it's two different opposites. On one hand, you have Padre Shalim through struggle. And the other hand, the ultimate peace between King Solomon and ultimate Mashiach comes. But the fact is, the Rebbe says that all the revelations that's going to be in the future, which means Padre Shalim, ultimate peace, without any position, is all coming based on our actions and our spiritual work in Golas. Everything that's going to happen, all that beautiful peace that's going to be, it's coming from our work in Golas. And therefore, even when it comes to Pada B'Shalem in Golas, where we do have a position, we do have some kind of taste of the Pada B'Shalem which is going to be in the future. So again, so even though it's polar opposites in a certain way, but they are connected because one brings on the next one. Now, so Derek continues on to explain the connection between th- these two components. In other words, on one hand, we're saying is that today we have a me'ain, like a, for- a taste of what it's going to be like when Mashiach comes in the level of peace. In other words, when Mashiach comes, peace is going to be it's not going to be in our position. Today we have a level of that. A level of that. So the connection with that and the redemption of Yud Tes Kislev, the Alter Rebbe, and Yud Kislev of of the Mitzvah Rebbe, um, <clears throat> because like Gerus says in, in in the in the Hasidic discourse, they explain more like the second idea, what it's going to be like when, when Mashiach comes, what's going to be total total um, total level of peace. Shabbos says, based on what we explained before, the reason why the Zoyer. When he mentions the idea of a shafti v'shalim, so he says that the shafti v'shalim before it says lechem lecha v'beged libayish. You know, the idea because he's referring to the time of gullus, and in time of gullus, the main avoida, even of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, is about tshuva. And when a person does the avoida in the man of gullus, that creates the 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 peace. Just similar to what's going to be like Mashiach comes. Why? Because tshuva. What does tshuva do? Tshuva transforms um, the uh, the negativity into positive. So this, the Rebbe says, this is the same connection with the redemption of the Alter Yitzchak Kislev and the Mitzvah Rebbe on Yud Kislev. Why? Because one of the major revolutions of the Alter Rebbe um, compared to the previous generations, for example, of the Magad of Mezrich, that we know the Alter Rebbe made a lot of baltshuvas. He, made, he was inspired many people to return to Hashem. And this is also what the, the other Rabbeim, after the Alter Rebbe, and the, the Mitzvah Rebbe, etc., that they, they inspired people to do tshuva. The, the, and, was, and tshuva is what allows the transformation that we can taste what it's going to be like when Mashiach comes. So based on the Shabbat explains, that's why it says, Hashem li lelokim, that Yudke Bavke will be before Alekim. In other words, when we do the Avoidah of Vishafti Bishalim, and we explained before, as Vashafti Vashalim mean, we're going to transform the world, the physical world. The world is going to become a godly place. And by doing that, we create the revelation of what it's going to be like in the future. As we know, when Mashiach comes, Hashem is going to take the sun out of its shield. 
and it's going to be Mala Aretz Deus Hashem. The whole world is going to be full with the knowing of Hashem, the knowledge of Hashem, just like Kamayim Layam Machasim, just like the water covers up everything. And we're going to have the revelation. We're going to have the revelation of the essence of Hashem. And there's there's not going to be any more um, distraction because everyone's going to see Hakadosh Baruch Hu, our true teacher. And that's what the definition of the meaning is. Hashem the is going to be a lakim. That, in other words. In reference to that revelation, what's going to be then, Yudke Bavke is going to be like the level of Elohim. So based on this, Shabbat finishes off and he says, that shot the Shafti Bishalim al Beis Avi, which is referring to, as we said before, the Avoidus of Irurim, transformation in the world. And when a person does the transformation, you create the Shafti Bishalim, you create real peace. What type of peace? The peace which can be like a Mashiach comes. Up to the point as this stone is going to be the house of Hashem. And this, this, this basically shows us the tremendous power and the tremendous, um, uh, elevation that takes place. What we're doing now before Mashiach comes, the end of Gullus. Why? Because now the main avoid is the avoid of tshuva, returning to Hashem. And even the avoid of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, which is connected to bread and garments, which we do at the end of Golas, comes after the avoid of tshuva, after our returning to Hashem through repentance. V'shafti v'sholim. V'shafti returning v'sholim. Why? Because when a person does tshuva, and then he does good, good deeds, in other words, even his actions, even his mitzvahs, comes after tshuva, um, that creates the energy that's going to be revealed when Mashiach comes in the future through the true of today. As we know that it's better to do even one, one, one uh, hour, one moment of tshuva, um, repentance and good deeds in this word from all the revelation of Mashiach comes. Why? Because the thing that causes it, our avoider today, our tshuva and zmanagalas is greater than the thing that gets accomplished. That's number one. And number two is because the, the tainuk, the pleasure of Oilam Hava, what's going to be in the world to come, that's going to be the, ta- the, the pleasure that we receive. However, the ch- pleasure of Tshuva, Maisim, Toivim, that's the tainuk of Hashem. So we're creating tainuk by Hashem, which is much stronger, much more powerful. And especially that when we do our work now, we're creating the revelation what's going to be like in the fu- future. And was, and, and, which basically, is, it's a, 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 a foretaste what's going to be like when Mashiach comes. And since the Avoidah, the spiritual work at the end of Golas is what? The Avoidah of Tshuva to return to Hashem. And we know when it comes to Tshuva, we already learned before. It says, Before you even call to Hashem, Hashem is going to answer us. So therefore, the end of Golas, and especially when we have the prayer, Yikro, Vishafti Vishalom, when we return to Hashem, what happens already happens before we call Hashem, we have Hashem answers us. And we draw in the powerful light of what's going to be like when Mashiach comes. And just like Yaakov Avinu, when he was still in Charon, while he was in Charon, it says, He became very, very successful. He had a lot of cattle, and he had a lot of um, uh, servants, and he had a lot of uh, the, the donkeys, and uh, all, all, his, all his success that he had. When did he have it? While he was still in Charon, while he was in Gullus. So the Rebbe said the same thing also by every single Jew, that at the end of Gullus, and especially while, even while we're in Charon, while we're in Gullus, 
we should have a Yifreitz Ma'id Ma'id, we should become extremely successful in the way the Padova Shalim. We should have all the redemption, a way of peace. Like there is like all the insights and all the translation of Halashan like we learned before. And we should have the avoid the spiritual avoidah. And especially by learning and spreading chassidus, like we're doing right here, we're learning chassidus, we're spreading the teaching of chassidus, and we should do it without any distractions, and with tremendous abundance, and we should have it in a materialistic way, in the way of a farats that we should be able to spread out all over the world, and that will um, in, that will bring the the geula, the redemption, um, achishana, um, will ha- come very very quickly, and in, in, literally in a very quick way. That literally very very soon it's going to be kate some lachoshech. There's going to be an end for all the darkness, and we're going to receive the face of Mashiach Tzidkenu, who's going to take us to Eretz Yisrael, the land that Hashem is highs are over it from the beginning of the year till the end of the year. Um, Eretz Yisrael with all the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael. And afterwards, in a way of Achishana, very, very quick, Hashem will expand the borders of Israel and it's going to happen very, very quick and very, very soon. Obviously, a great, powerful Hasidic discourse, which literally is a guide for all our avoiding Golas, but I think there's a lot, a lot of powerful points. I think one of the major points is the Rebbe is telling us here is that before we go into Gaulus, Hashem gave us what we need. We have what we need to stay strong and to stay connected and to transform the world. And we, we transform the world. We create the greatest Tainug for Hashem. When Hashem has Tainug, obviously He gives us all the blessings that we need in Gaulus. We're going to taste what it's going to be like when Mashiach comes. And He thanks so much. For joining us for our great Chassidus class, let's hope our next class is in Eretz Yisrael, Ira Kodesh, with Yerushalayim, with Mashiach Tzidkenu, and um, have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.